0: I <laughs> don't Here and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going, the Warrior James? Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks.
1: Maple syrup.
2: You never have a
3: drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR. The show with me today is not Miss Amanda Jane for your Thursday Night Chaser Episode 1. It is, in fact, the in-time bros. The bros in time. Jeremy and Justin in time. What's going on, guys?
4: What, what is up, up? To all those that are about to drink with
3: us, we salute you. Cheers to those about to drink with us. I'm having kind of a little cocktail here. Is vodka. I got some zero sugar Minute Maid Mango Passion and threw some Sonic Ooh. zero sugar ocean water on top of that. <laughs> Cut it with a little bit of water so it wasn't too potent. It's like a goddamn jungle juice, dude.
4: Sounds like some like spiked kind of Capri Sun kind of thing. Holy hell.
3: Yeah. Actually, it's, it couldn't be jungle juice because it's ocean water and ma- mango passion. So it's got to be like island juice, you know? Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm into it. What are you guys drinking? What do you got in your glass over there? What's going on? Let's start with Jeremy. I've already heard enough of Justin. He's bothering me.
1: Uh, I oh got my- like three sips of water, but I also got a Fanta. Wanna Fanta?
3: Do you, want a, Wanta Fanta? <laughs> yeah, I'm so into that. Uh, First time I ever had Fanta was actually in Germany, and uh, I didn't realize it had already hit America. And I was so confused when I got back. I was like, what happened when I was gone? (laughs) Um, Apparently
4: Fanta made its way over here.
3: Yeah, it all happened so fast. What do you got over there, Justin?
4: Got sponsored, not sponsored of my own here. So good old Mountain Dew.
3: Have you seen that uh, documentary about uh, Pepsi, Where's My Jet?
4: No, what? What is this? Sounds it's on, interesting. Uh, it's
3: on Netflix.
4: Oh man, of course it's on Netflix. Something I don't have.
3: No, you don't have Netflix. That um, explains no. it. It made me hate the Pepsi Corporation. I don't think oh, it was Jesus. supposed to, but I hate the Pepsi Corporation now, and it sucks <laughs> okay. because I think Dr Pepper, and Mountain Dew, are my favorite sodas.
4: That sums it up, I guess.
3: So now I'm fucked. Damn. It's just going to be root beer and sarsaparilla from here on out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys. What a week to drink about. Yes. Yes. I want to know because you guys have been on here a couple times talking about it before. Jeremy, uh, I know you and Justin agree on a lot of things. What is your stance, Jeremy, on uh, Gargano? Uh,
1: He's just sort of there and the couple weeks of him having a whistle didn't really make any sense Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but you can't really say that he's been doing much of like anything important on television he doesn't add anything and when he shows up it just seems like he's there to like remind people hey by the way i'm johnny gargano uh don't don't forget about me
3: so this weird. Makes sad. Makes His whole sad. story with DIY and Ciampa all the way up to the Chicago Street fight was so fucking good. And literally everything he did after that sucks.
4: <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> that was
3: it. That was the end of it.
4: I mean, this is the most I've been uninterested in Johnny Gargano in a long time. And I hate saying that. Like, I'm punching myself right now saying that. Did you I,
3: love the way and how that all came to be and the wedding and stuff? You got a kick out of that, right?
4: 50-50. So it had its moments.
3: You, had its moments. Would you be on board moment. if they called up Indy and put the way back together sans Austin Theory? Uh, possibly. I
4: don't know. I'd have to see what's going to come out of it. If it wasn't okay. as goofy as it was in
1: NXT, like yeah. if it was just sort of like... I don't know because it, it's hard to even say, like, how you make that group not goofy. Exactly. Like, yeah.
3: And they've gone the really out so, of their way to get indie to be serious in NXT. Yeah. So we'll talk about that some. But I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, let's get indie hardwell up there and let's get the way going and stuff. And I'm seeing what they're doing with indie now. And I can't help but think that the best thing that happened to indie was breaking away from everything having to do with the way. Not that she didn't learn a lot there, and I'm sure she lot, learned a lot from who she was with, and you know, ears open and all that. But her identifying herself now as is, I think, is a lot more long term to me personally. But yeah. we'll get to that, I suppose. Was, we took down notes earlier. Oh, let's talk a little news, a little news to drink about. Let's do it. So right now the rumor is, and it has not been confirmed by any of the sources that say that they confirm stuff all the time. PW Insider said it specifically that they have word from somebody close to the situation, whatever that means, that Sasha Banks will be at Wrestle Kingdom 17, I believe is the number, right? Yes. Uh, They don't know what capacity. They just know that she's going to be there. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if it, what it all comes down to. I think Triple H is more open to. I mean, clearly he's more open to a lot of stuff. Shinsuke is about to have a match with with great Muda oh. retirement in Japan. It wouldn't be a total shock, although God, with a with a character, <clears throat> of Natasha, do you think a pop return is bigger or less than if she's appearing other places? I, think it's been, I don't
4: think it really diminishes a like a return reaction for her. Like she goes anywhere, at this point she's gonna get a hell of a reaction. Yeah, I think it'll it'll only
1: boost the reaction that she'll get because a lot of people right now are I've seen all over social media. It's she's become more of like a uh, a fifty fifty sort of thing. Like there's the people that are like, yeah, we want her back. Please just get her here. And then now there's some people that are like. If if she's leaving, just let her go. She's. Mm. I'm just to the point. Like the people on social media are like, uh, it's to the point that now it it doesn't really matter to me whether she leaves or goes. It's just you want to see a resolution to this at this point. And I'm in the I'm leaning towards in the boat of that capacity because mm. it. I'm I'm not in the boat of. Wanting to see her go to a specific company over the other doesn't really matter to me because spoiler alert, I'm not that big of a fan of Sasha Banks to begin with, but uh, just, I just want to see a resolution.
3: Yeah. I think you could add to the, like you said, I think you could actually build it because it, I'm not the only person who doesn't understand contracts. It's evident by everyone who reports on contracts that no one understands contracts. So if she pops up in a company like NJPW, people go, well, that settles that about that contract. And you go, I don't think it does. You know what I mean? So I think if she pops up in NJPW and does something, maybe she has a match with Kari Sane. I don't know. She's basically Um, just going to
4: do the Jericho thing. She's going to show up once, build a feud, have the feud, disappear, Come back kind of thing. Like maybe I had I all I heard about I just heard about this when I got off of work. So I'm like, what the hell is this whole thing? Like with Sasha, and everybody's all like, oh my gosh, she's going to New Japan. Oh my gosh, she's gonna go to New Japan and we're gonna get a match with Kyrie. And I'm like, yes, we're probably gonna get a match with Kyrie, but she's not gonna do anything at Wrestle Kingdom, she's just gonna show up after Kyrie's done with her match, they're gonna have a little tease face to face. And there we go. We're off to the races. There's nothing crazy going to happen. She's not going to wrestle.
3: Yeah, but still, I think it's good to start something or at least give that. Because on the flip side, she could easily be there as a guest. Just Probably. That's And just to hang out and just to be there. And she waves. And now they have Sasha Banks on camera. You know, like, who knows how far it is. But I do think the fun part of the fantasy book is... If I'm Triple H and allowing my talent to do stuff with other promotions, I'm handpicking who they're allowed to do that with. And, yep, Great Muda yeah. is safe. He will not hurt Shinsuke. Yep, Kari Sane I know and I trust with Sasha yeah. Banks. It's it's a match I would put here. So I think that there's there's room there for that. Uh, I also think that if she pops up over there, people have been saying, well, this solidifies it. She's going to AEW. I don't think it solidifies it, but I think it definitely keeps that conversation going. I think it's possible. Here's what I think could happen because I don't understand contracts. I think it is very possible that she shows up in NJPW and through the next year has a program six months to a year between NJPW and AEW pops up there, does her little thing. And AEW has a story with Soraya. Perhaps she's the one they teased about. We'll talk later maybe she teams a red, maybe they turn, maybe they have a match against each other, and then that's that. I could not see a future where Sasha Banks right now would sign anything long-term. No. She's too hot of a commodity, right? Not just, but you, not just you. If she shows up in NJPW and has a small program that's maybe even three months in AEW... Now she can walk right back into Titan Towers, as it were, and be all like, all right, are you willing to pay me what I want now? You know what I mean? Because oh, I also don't think that triple, she wants to be triple, everywhere. Triple.
4: Yeah. He's just, it's, it's just, I, I don't think we like should just be like, she's immediately going to go to AEW just yet. Like, I don't, like, maybe she will be the one, like, we're, we're going to talk about later on. I don't know. We don't, we never know. Like I said, I'm glad I'm just I'm I'm glad I don't know. I'm just ready Mm -hmm. to see what the hell she's going to do because we haven't heard a thing about her and it's going to be good to finally see her somewhere doing something.
3: Yeah, and and we know she's been training, which is great.
4: Yeah. And for all we know, like her being
1: able to go to New Japan could just be a like a clause in her new contract that she signed with WWE. Like it's Clearly, Triple H, like you said, is perfectly fine with sending his talent elsewhere to do appearances, like Nakamura going to uh, Faith's Great Muda. Carl Anderson is still the New Japan Pro Wrestling Never Overweight Champion. Which is still crazy to think so of. He's going to be wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. So clearly, he he doesn't mind having his wrestlers go somewhere as long as they he knows that the people that he's going at that they're going against is like not going to hurt them.
3: Yes. Sorry. <clears throat> I don't have a ton to add to that. Cause I think it's just, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that this is overall good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like you said, I kind of enjoy the not knowing part of it all because like you said, it could be a clause Like we said with Shinsuke, he's clearly not out of contract and going to be doing a very similar thing in a very similar time frame. Uh And if you look at WWE.com, she's still listed as part of the roster. So there's also every reason to believe that she still is under contract, but maybe they're being a lot more fluid and progressive in it than people are willing to give him credit for.
4: So. Maybe this was just something she wanted in her new deal. Maybe she wanted a new deal, and this was what something she wanted. And then, hell, again, you give Sasha Banks what you want, what she wants at this point.
3: Yeah, because I mean, Jeremy might not have been a huge fan. I don't think we can disagree though that she doesn't have a star power. You know, I think that oh, WrestleMania main eventer, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't just handed out to everyone. CM Punk never got that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, <no, no>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, and then the other stuff I think we'll talk about as we get to it on the show let me open up my other couple notes because I think the only other thing is the yeah. So let's talk stuff
4: let's do it
3: oh my god Miss Man Jane's in the chat I'm going to pop it up over there it says hi over there Miss Man Jane in the chat I'm going to go ahead and block her right now what? Wow! <laughs> um,
2: this
3: is so yeah. random.
0: Amanda.
4: This is so random. Like, how the hell we have a full on Ricky Stark's episode of Dynamite, and you're not here? What the hell?
3: I know. I was gonna name the episode after Ricky, so when it popped up on the notification, it would immediately say all about Ricky or something like that. You know.
4: There we go. But, uh, there
3: we go. Oh, the other thing that we did uh, that I wanted to throw out there and just mention because uh, before we get into the shows themselves, Triple A came to Tempe, Arizona, and we went to it. We got to see Kane Velasquez yep. wrestle in person, which was pretty cool. Uh, something no. that was impossible to not notice Penta got the biggest reaction by a lot wow. out of everyone on that card, including Kane. Kane, UFC. Heavyweight champion, one of two dudes to ever beat Brock Lesnar in a fight. And still, and on bail, people thought they might never see him again. Still, his reaction was a third, maybe, of what Penta got when he came out. And we all knew Penta was coming out. There was never like, a, oh, surprise, it was, yeah, Penta's in the main event.
4: Also to mention, he's been in front of that crowd multiple times before.
3: So, like, A ton of times. He's a fucking rock star, dude crazy yeah people love him miss man jane says she's just here till she takes off i guess she's boarding the plane right now she's flying oh. uh but yeah dude it was a really fun experience just to see lucha in kind of it's i mean i want to say like natural habitat but it doesn't feel quite right what i'm trying to say because like it was like in its it's lucha bubble i'm so used to american wrestling that has a lucha match on there or a lucha uh-huh. show that seems really like um really small in our area you know just like oh it's a, not even an arena show it's like a swap meet or most of the time they have it it's like a small rock venue is where we have most of our lucha shows out here just to so, see it on a larger scale and to see it all like together that way was was just really cool like it here in the
2: southwest.
3: yeah in the southwest but i also think that like to me it kind of highlighted just the different worlds of wrestling i think people get misunderstood all the time when it's all like not liking certain styles in certain programs i think makes sense like there's a good chunk of stuff that happened on that show that i don't think i would have liked on smackdown i don't think i would have liked it on raw in the middle of it but i really enjoyed it in its placement and environment here you know what i mean because it felt like a different world i
4: saw the videos you guys are putting up and i was like damn that looks like it was a freaking blast to go to
3: It was really fun. Sam Adonis was um, out there talking shit. His his entrance video, he even posted on it. Uh, It was Argentina beating Mexico in the World Cup Series. And it was just laughing emojis and then he would pop up and be laughing. So fucking funny, dude. Just As soon as it came up, the crowd was just booing the shit out of him before he even came out. It was so good.
4: He's so good. He is so good. Yeah.
3: He was amazing. And it was really cool watching uh, Kane. He was in um, basically a three-on-three match to protect him. And you could tell the amount of work that was going on. You could see even Sam was the only one working with Kane for the first half of the match. And I felt like a lot of that was to protect Kane because of how much Sam can get out of the crowd. It felt like there was a lot of trust on Sam there to tell a lot of story while minimizing what Kane was doing. Because Kane didn't have a ton in him. You know what I mean? He's been not training for a while. He's been dealing with a lot of other important things in his life, so mm-hmm. it was really cool and really put well put together, and and that was dope. Awesome. Amanda's already fucking starting in the chat. Here she goes. Look. She's like, when are we going to TJ for AAA when Marty's there? See, I told you, dude. She's not even on the show. She's trying to derail it about <laughs> Marty. I said that. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if we do it on the right weekend, though, I can stay in San Diego.
4: Amanda's going to be whooping all freaking
3: night. Yeah, she's going to be whooping on the planes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just a really good time. Really cool Uh, seeing a lot of those people. Uh, Yeah, there was a okay. few people I even wrote down their names and people I looked up on socials just because I was like, hey, I didn't realize these guys were out here doing this, but. Cool. oh he hijo del vikingo Have you guys seen yeah. this
4: guy he's <laughs> phenomenal
3: incredible so phenomenal. incredible oh my God.
0: there we go there we go
3: <laughs> the noisemakers. <laughs> the guy who plays the it was like that dude <laughs> it was
4: that's the guy who placed eighth on the freaking PWI 500, and everybody had a freaking conniption fit. Like, oh,
3: dude, he was amazing. He's oh, incredible. Have you ever been to? uh I mean, I don't know. Uh, you're you're in New York proper. Do you guys have like swap meets out there?
4: I would uh, assume so. I would believe. I haven't seen any really. Not right You tell those. me you don't
3: get outside of the house. though you just said. You go to work and go home. Is that it? You wouldn't Basically, even know if there's a swap meet basically yes that's what i do justin go outside this week please
4: (laughs) i go outside but that's about it it's work and home and that is it
3: (laughs) justin i want you to look up swap meets in your area and i want you and jeremy to go to a swap meet this month no next month this (laughs) month will be hard
4: (laughs) this month will be hard
3: yeah this month is going to be difficult to try and weasel that in i think they're going to have weird hours they're going to maybe do this weekend maybe not that weekend you know what I mean swap meets are going to be crazy like that so next month find a swap meet that's within a you know do you even have public transit where you're at you're pretty far out there aren't you
4: no not that far out like I can find it easily
3: All right, find it want something you can bust to and then report back take photos report back to us and then we'll talk more on it
4: got it I will send you photos and everything else
3: uh, Miss Manager Jane says, "I hope I can see Splinter Fox's horrible typing in live time." <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting I can post the, the comments like that. All those times I'm giving Splinter Fox shit, I should be putting it up so people can see I'm not lying.
4: See, this was really best to switch to Streamyard because that shit yeah. comes in handy.
3: Yeah, it's getting handy. Uh, but yeah, Triple A was a great time, dude. Really good. Awesome. Really excited. Noisemakers. There was Noisemakers, light up toys, and sombreros. Actually oh, that. It was a great time. What I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I didn't get a single drink because every beer was fifteen bucks. And also like, uh Miller Lite is not fifteen dollars, guys.
4: <laughs> what, what the hell? Holy crap. Yeah.
3: yeah. So I was all like, all right, so uh no. I'm not My beer better
4: it. taste like gold if it's
3: worth that much. I know. I know. I'm glad we went out before and had a couple drinks before we got there. So Uh Oh, dude, their merch. They got to work on their merch. Oh, no. Triple A. Their merch was all like, it looked like bootleg stuff. The screen printing was not very good. The shirts were like whatever they had lying around. There was not consistency there. Their water bottles had like stickers on them. So it was like a bunch of white water bottles that had a white sticker on top of it. I was like, oh, "Oh, man. You guys oh, are no. a little too big for this. Oh, yeah, so that was a bummer. But they did have one thing I thought was actually very well priced and very fucking cool. I just couldn't afford it at the time. Uh, they had a poster of the event, and it was the match card poster that they had put up, and every mm-hmm. single person on it signed it, and it was one hundred fifty bucks. Awesome. And it wasn't That's... like a massive poster; it was like um eleven by fifteen, maybe eleven by seventeen, something. You know, something you could yeah. take home. So it was
4: That's really awesome. cool. That sounds yep. freaking cool. Yeah.
3: Cause I love stuff like that too. Especially the idea it's like, hey, it's the show you went to. That's everybody on it, everybody on the show. So it's like, yeah. I wish more, I wish more events did stuff like that. Even the, I went to the hard times for NWA. They were selling the posters and they didn't even have like one of like everybody who was on the show. And I was all like, come on. They're right there. I can see them. Just tell them to come over here real quick. <laughs> um, but, Oh, uh, Amanda says, what do you expect? They don't want to work with pro wrestling tees. Don't fucking put over pro wrestling tees on this, Amanda. We hate them.
4: <laughs> well, Although, wait, what's up? we were just putting that over last episode, weren't we?
3: No, we were talking about Colt's merch last episode and how we wish that we didn't have to buy stuff through pre wrestling tees for him. Oh, uh, but uh, uh, as long as we're talking about pro wrestling tees, Sammy Zane, the honorary Oos. As our final news note has another Sammy for Syria shirt coming out drops tomorrow, December 9th. So depending on who's listening to this on what it may already be live two weeks, it will be for sale. It says my dog and has a picture of Sami Zayn's face under the exclamation point for my dog.
4: Okay, That's amazing. <laughs> that
3: is wonderful. It's amazing. I've That's gotten every amazing. single Sammy for Syria shirt. I think no, the one I did not was the the one um, Danhausen did one, where all the prophets went to Sammy for Syria, where it was a Danhausen and an El Generico mask. I did not get that one. Oh That'd man! Crazy, still, this may be the only purely Sammy one that I may not be able to get that's an awesome so, sounding shirt yeah it's so good uh guys let's talk some nxt and then we'll talk AEW dub because i want to make sure Amanda's long gone before we talk about ricky wow. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna deny her her ricky time wow
3: <laughs> she's gonna have to guess what i have to say about ricky was he good <laughs> or was he shit who knows who knows
4: it's like a giant cliffhanger on a dragon ball episode
3: yeah maybe we hated it you never know she says okay i'm (laughs) going
4: worst thing he's ever done wow that's (laughs) a little savage
3: well i was gonna end the show with it anyway especially because i mean if we had gotten amanda i would have been like let's wait let's get everything out of the way and then do the uh do the whole thing on ricky get so wow. all out there and get some time so she needs to do a rebuttal show we should do a show where we just dunk on ricky the whole show then oh that's come gonna be so hard with to... bullet points and she's like you said this but like it's <laughs> 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 so hard to do <laughs> just a fucking transcript of the episode she's got all highlighted <laughs> and marked up this was bullshit
1: <laughs> who said what at what time specific seconds
3: yeah, exactly. On Minute Marker. <laughs> you we know,
1: need time stamps and everything else. Justin said this at 27 minutes and uh, 37 seconds, 42 milliseconds.
4: Yeah.
3: Absolutely. I'll get
4: pie charts. Yes. Yeah,
3: I'll get pie charts, she says. Uh, But also, I think there was a lot more interesting stuff happening on AEW right now than NXT. You know, like, you know, call a spade a spade. You know, like I may not think AEW is for me most of the time, but right now, as far as like overall enjoyment, yeah, I probably enjoyed NXT a little bit more, but there's just not as much going on. If someone were to say one, which one was can't miss this week, I'd be like AEW was one that I'd make sure someone watched just because of the rookie stuff. Um, But uh, I mean, there was some stuff on there that I'm ready to dunk on, but uh on NXT, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of just doing what you thought it was gonna do, and the winners were kind of who you thought they were gonna be. Like NXT is kind of it's kind of flat. It's not necessarily bad. It's not fantastic, it's just kind of steady as it goes, you know?
4: That was that's my one thing about NXT as of late, is it just feels I don't know, like it's just at a standstill. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happening. It's just I don't know. It's just really kind of disappointing because like NXT was like my favorite show of the week all the time. And now it's just like there.
3: And the weird part about it too, is like, I'd like to say they just need to do something that'll freshen it up. Jane's leaving. She says, bye. Bye. Uh, Bye. Uh. I you know, I want to say, like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's just stale. Maybe they gotta freshen stuff up. Maybe he's gotta like, you know, sprinkle some stuff back in. But I mean, we had Axiom win a triple threat against Andre Chase and Von Wagner. That would have been hard to call. I would have figured Von Wagner was probably gonna win it. Me too. Uh, just because they've done so little with Axiom, not because he's not good.
4: Yeah, that was um, a surprise to me.
3: Yeah. Uh Tony D'Angelo came back. He had a match with Zion, who we haven't seen him either in a bit. Charlie Dempsey had a Actually, a really good match with Hank, I thought, which we'll talk about. Um, new Day showed up. Uh, I mean, Isla Dawn had her first match. It's not like you can say that they're not shaking things up a bit, but it doesn't feel like anything's getting shaken up. You know what I mean? Like, on paper, you go, oh, yeah, that's new. Oh, yeah, we haven't seen them. Oh, yeah, New Day's never been on here. But at no point where you just kind of like, this feels fresh. You just go, okay, this is NXT, I guess. You know what I mean?
1: I think the main problem is at the top. Like the only main title change that they've done is the North American title. Everything else just has been sort of the same. Braun Breaker's been the champion for a year. Braun or Mandy Rose has been the champion for a year. Uh Pretty Deadly's had the title twice in eight months.
3: Yeah.
4: The weird thing, the weird thing with the tag title still to me feels like we went backwards.
3: Yeah. But it's the other thing scandalous. is I don't feel like they have the wrong champions. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like, if I look at the women's division, if I look at it honestly, I don't feel Mm -hmm. like that Mandy isn't the top of that division. I feel like that there's one or two women who you could see do it, but it's with an asterisk. You know what I mean? Like, there's no one here sitting there going, like, why isn't this person a champion? This is foolish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: You got, like, Roxanne. You got, like, Cora.
3: But they don't feel like they need to be champions right now. They feel like they will be champions inevitably and you're like okay with it. You know what I mean? It's not like, how are you not?
1: I feel like that's the main problem is that the, the champions that they have, they're the right decision, but they've gotten old to the point that they have to change the champions, but there's nobody in line to change the champions to. That would make sense.
3: Do you think it's a matter of they aren't building the talent to be the top? Or that the talent, because they are learning and so many of them are starting from square one, that they're just not getting ready fast enough for our personal wishes on what may or may not feel stale.
1: It depends on the talent, really. I think it's I think depending on who
4: you would name either or those would be a correct answer. I think it's because we've seen a lot of people that have like really connected really fast. And we're just expecting everybody to connect that fast, mm. which is crazy. Like, you see Braun Breaker already has it down pat. Like
3: Right. When Braun Breaker showed up, Mello. everyone said, make him the champ now, right? Right. Or Melo. He's got it down yeah. pat. Right? Mellow showed up. We said, make him the champ now. But, like, there's no one else like That's that great. where you see him go make him the champ right now. Mm-hmm. So we're all
4: just sitting here like, they could go to the main roster now at this point. It's just like, again... And just feels like, but what are we going to do after that? Like, That's they're funny. very confused at their situation here. And it's like they're, again, they're just stuck in one place right now and nothing seems to be happening. And it's just like they're, they just got too many things going against them right now.
3: And it's kind of interesting, too, because when you say it like that, too, that there's more people on the roster that we feel like should go to the main roster than we feel should be the champion. So it's almost like being a champion. It still means something, but I, Mm. in a way going to the main roster doesn't necessarily mean as much as being champion. We've actually built the importance of the championship to be greater than just the act of going to the main roster where before Mm. it was, you become champion hopefully. And then once you're champion, okay, now that means you're ready to graduate. Where now it's like, no, no, no. The NXT champions are very, very important. You can still learn stuff Mm. on the NXT raw or on the raw or SmackDown rosters, So you don't have to be good enough to be the champion to be there and still be learning and make your progression. Because we also, if we don't see you as NXT champion now, then we also don't see you as SmackDown champion now. So we Uh are going to give you that leniency when you get to the main roster to say, yep, let's keep it growing. Put you with other talent, fresh veterans. Like let's, we're like super forgiving in that way as a fandom, which is kind of, kind of interesting. We, we hold the NXT championships to high regard, and calling up to the main roster is uh, also a thing you can do. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think we've always done that. Everyone's done that. Yeah. We've always looked at the NXT titles and said, "There's they're still just as big as every other title. Like,
1: Yeah.
3: And I, mean, I do you feel think like that, that's,
1: that's where right. NXT is like... They're thinking of their title as like... We're, if we're going to put a title on you, we're going to put you on a bigger platform than you were previously, but you yeah. still have work to do, which in some cases, like what we have now, most of the champions don't need to be there anymore. Braun Breaker is ready. In my opinion, Mandy yeah. Rose and the entirety of toxic attraction are ready to go up. Yeah. Uh, the, even the, even the women's tag team champions, Kaden and Katana, they could go up as well, join the yeah. main rosters, tag team division. It's just oh. the fact that the champions they have now seem, seem like two seasoned of veterans for, as they label it
4: developmental. Do hmm. you think that's also a problem is that they still kind of don't know what they are though. Cause now they've done so many reboots with themselves right now that they're just kind of like, are we developmental? Are we another show? Like, what are we here at this point?
3: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we're all going through the same identity crisis with them. And that's why we're also having a hard time latching on. Because we're like, I don't know how to see you right now. Mm -hmm. True. Because, yeah, I mean, you look at Yvonne Wagner and people can say he's boring all you want. But I see future champion in his his aura.
4: He's uh, kind of growing on me a little bit. It's crazy to say that.
3: He's coming along. What's that Jerry?
4: He's impressive.
3: Yeah, he's impressing right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he went from like, hey, this guy is slow and boring to ah, there's a future with this guy. And now you start to go like you could probably start putting him in those those North American title matches and have it make sense. Like well, now yeah. it's getting also like, hey, we probably take away his manager now, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you don't need yeah, Mr. Stone. Anymore. Please,
4: no more Robert Stone.
3: Well, no, I mean regardless of whether it's Robert Stone or not, I don't think he needs a (laughs) man. Please no more. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, my God. Dude, let's talk about the first match. As we're talking about some of these guys, I mean, we just said Von Wagner. You watch this match, right? You watch the show? Yeah. Yes. You're... I don't want to be a dick. But my takeaway on this match was Andre chase was so much worse than I thought he would be. I've not watched many of his matches. I skip them a lot of times because I go, I'm not into the character. I don't like this teachable moment thing. I, he seems like a, like a knockoff EC three and EC three is already a knockoff to begin with. Uh, And I was like, so, you know, some of the character I kind of like, dig but it's overly cartoonish in a lot of ways super cartoonish I was watching the match though because I was like you know I like Axiom I like Von Wagner I want to see who's going to be in this match I'll watch it and I could not believe how slow how uncoordinated how much he missed things it was like watching someone on their first day against people who've been there a while like why are you in here
4: it definitely shows he yeah. is very slow.
3: I thought he was going to be so much better. I thought he had to be getting it done in the ring if they're yeah. investing so much in him because they're investing a ton. Chase U is revolved around him. Without him, that's 20 storylines. Gone. You have people in the crowd waiting for their moments to come out and do their Chase U shit. You know what I mean? Like, where what happens to Thea and Duke if Chase goes away? Right. They're investing so much in Chase. They're putting others around him to be equated to him. And then I saw him and I went, what? <laughs> yeah,
4: that's my one issue with him. He needs to turn it up. He's too freaking slow. He does like whiff a lot of stuff. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's like he's he moves like a robot. He's like this. And I'm like, why the fuck does he move like that? There's no yeah. way in hell that sweater contains him that much that he can't move.
3: Yeah, he's wearing a sweater. He's not wearing chain mail. Like, I think the yeah. character's there. The character's
4: there, but it's just like, I don't know what the wrestling. It's still kind of like, kind of comes yeah. off there, but then it's like, nope, not there.
3: And his I'm- character's gotten better. While those around him are getting more exaggerated, he's becoming less exaggerated. He's dialing it down. Which I was talking to producer lady about this when we were watching NXT. She was like, oh, my God, Thea Hale. She's like, can she just fucking turn it down by like 50 percent? She
4: is a lot.
3: She's a lot. And I was like, yes, but I feel like there's I feel like it's so I I feel like I'd rather have somebody where I would where I need to say, you got to turn it down a little bit, than try to figure out how to get someone to turn it up. And so I, was yeah. like, so I feel like there's a lot there to mold. She's also a hell of an athlete and she had a match this week too and she did great. So you kind of go, well, there's a lot here. And if the problem is you're fucking way higher energy than we want you to be, then it's a lot about turning it down till you hit the right temperature versus some people where you're just like, just crank it up already, you know? And Andre Chase has brought his character down some, which has made him a lot more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But in this match, I was like, you don't belong here, dude.
4: Can I just be brutally honest here? I'm not even digging the whole thing with Duke Hudson. I'm I really not. I anything with Duke Hudson. I can't stand it. It's I, stand I, I can just feel where stand this stand. is going. It's like obvious where this is going. Duke's just going to turn on both of them. And it's just going to be that whole story of, what, you didn't think Duke Hudson was an asshole? Like,
3: You think he goes back can't. to being a poker player?
4: He might as well just go back to being a regular guy on the roster at this point.
3: It's One not going to last. Duke was the poker player before. Do you think he turns on Andre Chase and then says some sort of like, you got to know when to fold him? He could. He could. Don't say that too loud. John
4: Michaels It's always listening. That's a good point. they <laughs> will be throwing him up there with freaking Baron Corbin and being having have, have them have like a poker off with each other. That's true. I'm uh, be but We'd be so impressed that Duke
1: Hudson will join it and make a tag team with Baron Corbin.
3: I do feel like more than ever at the end of this match and the end of this episode, I absolutely think it's time to dissolve Chase University and all of its, uh, all of everything around it. Just dissolve it and rebrand everybody who is a part of it. I don't think we're going anywhere fun. I think Andre Chase was. Such a fish out of water. I'd rather you say, Hey, dude, let's go ahead and scrap all this stuff you're investing in and actually work on what, what's going to matter. Because
2: <laughs> I, I walked away just thinking, and
3: is- Wagner were pretty dope, and Andre Chase shouldn't be on TV. That's what I thought after this.
1: I think the main problem with Andre Chase is that he works a style that he's not used to. Like, I feel like he's, like you said, he's so slow, but he also tries to do really high-flying, quick moves. And he just looks awkward trying to do them.
4: That could be. It's
3: like it's
4: it's it's not his style, and he's like, look at me, I can be different.
3: What would you guys think of the script's vignette?
4: No. Yeah, no. It's so hard to take the character seriously after I just watched him be a fucking butler for months.
1: The whole script it's thing. not even. It's not even like it's a different style. It's just. It's just Reggie in an oversized mask, trying to sound intimidating, but doing the same flipping moves.
3: He sounds he does like the- he's would it, ironic for a character named Scripts. He sounds like he scripted, and someone else <laughs> is reading his lines. Yes. It's so weird, like. I'm trying to think of any other um, repackaging that was that jarringly obvious and like disappointing Yeah. And disappointing. Time. Maybe like cause... fake diesel where they said, we're bringing back diesel and razor. And then you get two dudes who are not Scott Hall and Nash. And you just kind of go, what are we, <laughs> why are we doing this? Like, cause the, the vignettes were so
1: interesting. You're like, Oh, yeah. who could this be? And then they come out and it's Reggie in an
3: oversized mask. Yeah, that was such a... Soon as he came out the other week, I was just like... (laughs) (laughs) He literally like stole
4: Serpentigo's mask. It literally looks like he took Serpentigo's mask and just fucking wore it. I
1: immediately just like... I was like a balloon. I just deflated in the seat. I was sitting there and I was like... I was kidding. I was
4: dumbfounded. This guy walks out here and I'm just like, this should be an awesome reveal he walks out and it's Reggie and I'm like and that was not what I wanted.
3: No, I would have preferred diarrhea. The thing is, (laughs) is I like Reggie and I think he's so good and talented and everything he did with Carmelo was awesome and everything he did in 24-7 worked. So when they did all this thing and it was who could it be? Who could it be? And I was like, oh, maybe it's somebody dark like Vincent and all that shit, right? Then it's Mm -hmm. Reggie in a weird mask. I just went, what (sighs) do... Who, what are we doing? Yeah, Who like, thought, fuck, man, I, I like, want to know Michaels God. is back there. What are you doing?
4: I don't know what's going on with Shawn Michaels Such a anymore. Disconnect. And, his, and then the
1: fact that he's a he's a he's clearly a heel. He's talking about demolishing all the chosen ones, which is very similar to what, what Karrion Cross is doing on the main roster. But he's talking about demolishing all the chosen ones and he's doing. All like I said, he's doing all these high flying moves. How can you boo a guy who is that That's impressive? In the ring? Yeah, it makes no <laughs> he's sense. Doing, he's doing molly go rounds off the top rope. That's my thing. And
4: you, you expect people to be like, Boo, what are you doing? That's my thing he... with Reggie. I wanted, I wanted Siri, I wanted to see what serious Reggie is, but it's like this still feels like goofy Reggie.
3: I don't even think I need a serious Reggie. I think you could just do Reggie Reggie. Like, I don't know if you ever saw any interviews he did uh, on any of the media rows or anything like that for like the wrestling links in them. He's just a nice charismatic guy. And that's fine. I don't, I think when you're that flippy and cares and and you're, you're just a nice charismatic dude. I don't think you need to overcomplicate this. Go out there and do what you know how to do. And when they interview you be a nice guy. People will cheer you. They're like, I like that guy. He's nice, and he flips like crazy. Yeah. And he gets stuck in the <laughs> air. The air's too thick <laughs> for him. You know? <laughs> like, it's fine. So it's just really weird. They're just so overcomplicating him, and I, I don't get it. Tony D'Angelo came back, though. He had to match with Zion Quinn. I thought it was good. Cut the promo. Mm-hmm. Wesley came out. I thought that was good. Maybe that's also part of it. It's just such highs and lows with this. You're watching it going, what? Like, I think the developmental feels like fucking training. And then the good stuff feels like, I don't know why this is on this. Like, it's out of place almost. Mm
1: -hmm. The show fluctuates way too much.
3: Just like Tony
1: D'Angelo kind of does a little bit, if you think about it. I don't... The thing is, is like, clearly, Tony D'Angelo is still a heel. But then they put him against Zion Quinn, who... For all we know, is a heel, but he's also just sort of—I don't know. I brought this up to my brother when we were watching NXT on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What a drop off for Zion Quinn, huh? He—he—he yes. he, he seemed like he was getting such a push at first. I don't know what I—I'm wondering what he did wrong, or like if he just hasn't had the—the—the. The, the, Production or like yeah. he's not impressing people. For, for all I know, he was he was impressing me for for damn sure. But now yeah, he's I was he,
3: looking he's... forward to him, him and Dante Chen too. Super impressive. Who just yeah. What the fuck yeah.
4: Chen came in with such hype, and it's just like getting another one of those. Oh, we have a video package for you to hype you up for him, and it's like cool. I can't wait to see this guy. Then he immediately gets injured, and it's like, okay, well, I still can't wait to see him when he comes back, and that's been yep. about it.
3: Now he gets jobber treatment, and so fucking crazy. I don't know, man. Charlie Dempsey's match with Hank Walker, though, didn't was it you, uh, Justin, who had an issue with Hank Walker? Didn't you like not get him about, for a while? I don't just—I don't know how I feel about Hank just yet. Yeah, he's
4: still kind of like you could—you t- could definitely still see he needs a lot of work.
3: He what really I does. like about him. I feel like he's is what pa- Hangman Page thinks he is. Where this oh. dude truly is the everyman. The generic, anyone could be this dude, but he's working his ass off, and he's blue-collar as fuck about it, and he's not going to give up for nothing. Although he gave up in this match he tapped out, so...
4: I mean that submission looked pretty fucking brutal. He that was making him look at crazy. his foot. He was making him look at his foot, and that had to yeah. suck.
3: Yeah, it was. It was more intense than when Bret Hart made Lawler lick his own toes. This was <laughs> this was like that, but like from reverse. He would like Scorpion legged him into his own foot in his mouth. So I don't blame him for tapping out. Uh, but actually, I liked the match, and I'm digging Hank Walker as a character because I also don't think that they're putting the fucking world title on him and making him seem like he's an irresponsible drunk. Like, I think that this is how you can do that character well, where when you see him, you go, I like that guy. He's got gumption because I'm old school, you know?
4: This was a solid showing from him. I'll give him that one. He definitely had a good one in here with, with Dempsey, and I like the gulak, the little gulak tease. I don't know what the hell's going on with that, but
3: yeah, very gulak interesting. Scouting Dempsey. Can you imagine, though, just from a kayfabe standpoint, gulak shows up You're a young upstart, and you just twisted this motherfucker into a pretzel, just a twisted cheese bagel from Dunkin' Donuts. And then Gulak comes out and goes, I think I could teach you something. And you're like, not winning. I don't know what you... You definitely couldn't teach me to win something. Yeah. My PowerPoint's already solid, dude. You know? I do less presentations than you'd think. Like... From a kayfabe standpoint, from a reality standpoint, we know Gulak's a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But from a kayfabe standpoint, he's a fucking loser, dude. <laughs> he, he loses and he gets buried and he gets lost in the shuffle and that is that is what he does.
1: Got beat so up by Charlotte like, Flair.
3: Oh, yeah, God. Beat up by Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I think that it's just weird to be like, Gulak's scouting him. Ooh. You're like, don't scout me. <laughs> please, please go back no. <laughs> please, please go back <laughs> turn around
2: go the other way <laughs> <No>.
3: <laughs> turn around uh new day interrupting pretty deadly I thought it was really fucking cool that we're having the new day show up and they're going for the tag championships uh I just wish it wasn't pretty deadly I just don't care for them or their characters at all so I was like That's yeah
4: nice. it just felt weird couldn't agree more
3: just yeah, felt very awkward.
4: Like it just felt like Pretty Deadly's got no competition because they've already ran through the only what four teams we have in the division. Yep. Bring the New Day down because we need a tag title match for Deadline. And I was just like, uh, all right.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think it's cool that New Day's doing a thing, but yeah, outside of New Day, there's. I don't
1: know. I kind of hope New Day just win.
3: Yeah, I think it'd be great if they just won.
1: If Dolph Ziggler can win the NXT Championship a year ago, then The New Day can win the tag team titles. Hmm.
3: Let's come back to that. Let's shelf that for just a couple segments. Isla Dawn versus Thea Hale. Isla Dawn's, uh NXT debut, debut. Uh Alba Fire came out at the end and tried to beat shit out of her. Alba Fire is one that you could reasonably say should be a champion right now. But you also could reasonably say, if you're not going to make her champion, just call her up. Yes, Yes.
4: also. So
3: I feel like she's like the big one for me. But Isla Dawn, I thought, did awesome. And I thought Thea Hale, also fantastic. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a good way to do both of them the way they did, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. I thought. Once Thea Hale dials down a little
3: bit, she'll be something special.
1: (laughs) Isla Dawn's presentation when she came out was dope. It was so cool. Yes. She's
4: really, really good. Like I enjoy the shit out of her.
3: Yep. And we even got a video from uh Lyra Valkyra. Yes. That uh let's go. she'll be debuting next week. She's fucking yeah. awesome too. So
4: Except everybody else on the fucking IWC who had to have a stroke that's like, It sounds too close to Taya Valkyrie. Like
1: Yeah, that was that was Gail Kim. Gail Kim made yeah. a big deal because <sighs> her name sounds too much like Taya Valkyrie. Oh my god. Yeah. I just laughed.
3: <laughs> I <laughs> saw that so on there too. Funny. We were like freaking out. I was just like, okay. Like I get it, but also that's probably not my fight, you know. Also, I think that you have a I think you have a a better argument that Sarah Logan took Max too much of the Maxton Paler's look than you have that Effie yeah. Effie Valkyrie changed the pronunciation of her last name and got herself a new first name uh-huh. I think you have a lot harder of an argument there because also I don't know if you ever heard us when we were reviewing NXT UK we had a fucking hell of a time with her name all the time It fucking I-O-F-E six vowels and one consonant I don't know what to do with this it's IFA IFA maybe I don't know, man. That's what it was. (laughs) That's what it is. It's IFA. Is it IFA or EFA? No, IFA. Started with an A. (laughs) Well, the A was silent. Every fucking vowel in her name.
4: Um, I I I don't care. I like the name. I like the new name. It's awesome. I just like her. She's awesome too.
3: I do like their incorporation of TikTok in NXT, and what I mean by that is they did this whole segment where you show Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs in a scuffle in the backstage because two of the women were back there trying to film a TikTok. And then you also have Caden and Katana who constantly do TikTok stuff and then do their TikTok dances out there. I do like that edge that that they're trying to. I don't know if it's successful or not because I'm too old to know, but they're trying to make it a little more relatable to a younger audience as well. And it may be doing that. I have no idea. I'm too old to know if it's connecting with children.
4: I don't know, but it's, it's not I that did.
3: bad. I think it's a nice, different way to present that stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. That it's a nice
1: mission, but I also felt like it was really, uh, it just felt kind of random because it was like, okay, here's, here's Sol Ruka and uh, I think it was Amari Miller doing some dancing. And then all of a sudden in the background, Brooks and Briggs are, fe- are fighting with, uh uh Idris and Malik for yes. they didn't even give a reason why they were just like we're angry at you why I don't know
3: we're just yeah I think they like could have other. done a better job teeing that up on commentary where hey earlier yeah. that we got we got this footage from uh, a couple of the women in the back we're where putting together a social media clip and while they were recording it they caught something a little bit extra and we got the we got the footage here so you're gonna see them Mm -hmm. doing their social media thing and it will it will turn into something watch closely in the back you know what i mean and then if they teed it up in a way where it's all like look you're gonna see these two women dancing for no reason but if they gave the pre-reason the reason i call it the reason. nice (laughs) (laughs) but we did end up with jensen and briggs in a match against malik uh malik and idris which i thought was pretty decent i do wonder if you have the new day win against pretty deadly they are trying to repackage it seems and give a serious edge to malik and idris and i bet you the four of them could have a fucking killer match
4: oh without a doubt be awesome like i'm liking the progression of malik and idris right now yeah. those two uh, it's weird the whole thing of the whole like oh we're gonna make malik all fired up because his sweater got torn but other than that like it was his father's sweater. Uh, it's still random as hell. Like, it's just like, it's his yeah, dad's now
3: sweater, it's- dude.
4: <laughs> My dad's sweater got torn. I'm so fucking angry. Like, it's just random as hell, but it's like, aggression's coming along good. They're go they're connecting very well together, in ring wise. So,
3: yeah, yeah, there could be something there. Uh. Indy one against Fallon and, and Wendy Chu in the triple threat, which is who I thought was gonna win. They're definitely doing a good job making Indy seem more serious. I like that so much of Indy's stuff is like classic old school. Her finishers are all just old school finishes. Where it's so like pile driver, over. You know what I mean? DDT done. Like it's kind of like the anti flashy. You know what I mean?
1: I don't mind that her finishers aren't flashy. I just wish that her finisher wasn't As boring as carrying Cross's cross hammer.
4: I hate that finisher so much.
1: I'm sorry. Cross hammer.
4: Yeah, Yeah. she
1: she won on Tuesday with just the elbow to the back of the head. Oh yeah, or the forearm to the back of the head.
4: That's just carrying Cross's finisher as well, and I hate that fucking move with a passion. It is so dumb.
3: Cross's finisher is Cuddle Puddle. The Big Spoon's the guy. Yeah, he <laughs> big spoons a guy in a big cuddly mess, and then just holds on to him tightly until after the bell rings off. and he whispers in his ear. Yeah, he's holding his own ear to whisper more effectively. He put on, <laughs> he'll grab a microphone, Is that like how that works and stuff. Yeah.
4: Does it really enhance the whispering if you cover your own ear?
3: Yeah, if you cover your own ear, you can whisper better and then talk loudly into a microphone. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember that one now. Yep, but gonna need to, yeah, that's the technique. <laughs> uh, but yeah, every time I see at this point, because Cross has just been sitting there holding dudes for so long, I was like, "This is a fucking cuddle puddle, buddy." Like this <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spinner Fox is here. He says, uh, Indy finally, she needs to win it all. Damn it, she's one I could see them put the title on her and leave her in NXT for a year and get better." You know what I mean? Like so she's she- one I don't think she's ready for the main roster. I just don't. But
4: she's like Cameron Grimes. They've both been in NXT for so long. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like... It
3: doesn't make you uh, ready by default. I mean, S- S- Dawkins was in NXT for seven years and he's still not very good. So it's like, just because no. you're there for a long time, doesn't mean that you are ready to move on. What? You don't think Dawkins is good. Wait, no, what? I watch him.
4: Wow. <laughs> I like so you... Angela Dawkins.
3: He's so loud and obnoxious to begin with. And then his moves his are name literally name shit man. that my buddy used to do. Kevlar used to do on the trampoline. The jumping with the spin where he gets no height and no spin. So he might as well just do a cross body on a dude. What? He also looks he's gotten so much better though in the ring though. He has gotten a lot better. That's how bad he was. He's so <laughs> hey, bad he that he's so much better and still not very good. Wow! <laughs> How can you be both? How
4: can you be not that good but really good at the same time?
3: No, so much better. That means you're just starting in such Shit. a terrible deficit that even when you're at a hundred percent, you've just now hit zero because you were a minus so much. Because you was like in a deficit math. of charisma and talent. It's <laughs> like a weird <laughs> math question right now, where it's just like, yeah,
1: he, he's basically in the negatives, and now he's at like zero. Yes.
3: Yeah, now so he's about where you would expect someone to be if they were just learning. <laughs> oh wow! That <laughs> one's going to lose us some followers. It's all right though. Uh, Spinner Fox <gasps> says, uh, "No, I'm not saying move her to the main roster." Uh, yeah, I think that. I think with India, I don't think she's ready for the main roster. I think she's getting a lot better. I think she's really honing in something that's identifying outside of the way, and I feel like she could do a lot with the women's championship. But I don't think she's ready for the main roster. I see a lot of people calling for it. And I think that, hey, you leave her there for a little lo- for longer, even if it's not a full year, even if it's like six months to really hone what she's doing. I think that she could be one to take it off of Mandy. Although after that like, promo, they cut made me think maybe she's not. I feel like she'd be easily lost on the main roster. Yes, absolutely.
4: Yeah, Before this, she was easily lost too. Uh, Yeah, for a while in NXT, she was just sort of there. There's no while. She was really lost. She was just there. Yeah. They were using her as feed her to everybody else.
3: Yep. Yep. Uh, And then the end of the show. Grayson Wilder effect. This to me just felt like it went on too long. Like I was into it for a while and then after a while I was like, okay, we're still doing this. Yeah. But I think everyone did a good job. I just think that they had too much time to kill.
1: Yeah. Because mm-hmm.
3: you know? I don't think that anybody was bad. I don't think anyone delivered anything poorly. I don't think that anyone seemed out of place. I thought that everyone did a great job with what they had, but they just had what they also had was way too much time. Because yes. the point was we got the, we got the point across pretty quick, and then we were just in the static thing until we had the big melee, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the funniest part about it is like all five of the people in the match had like different like talking styles. Like Carmelo was the the super cocky and uh, super uh, confident about himself winning the match. And Grayson Waller is just Grayson Waller. And then you have JD McDonough that's just like, he's like, oh, in a match like this, a lot of injuries can happen. And then you have Joe Gacy saying a lot of big words. And then you have Axum who's actually being the smart one. Like, hey, nobody's been in this match before. This is the first time ever. So we don't know none of none of us know what to expect of this match. And I just thought yeah. that the five different the, the five different contrasts between their characters
4: was actually done really well. Except yeah. for the ending spot with the huge dive where Grayson hits the huge dive and everybody just gets (laughs) immediately up. Like, what the hell? Awkward as hell.
3: They also all have uh, different accents, which I thought was kind of funny. You had five guys in there literally grew up in different parts of the world. So they all had distinctly different accents.
4: Yeah. Yeah, we got what? Irish, Australian, Spanish. Spanish. And then...
3: Gacy's Carbello. got the woke liberal accent, and then <laughs> the
4: woke liberal yeah. accent,
3: yeah. And then Mello's got flavor, as they say.
4: <laughs> Shouts to Joe Gacy for getting schism over, though. Like, that shit is awesome. I love it. You remember I love Go- it.
3: Gacy's debut when they said that this character is so awful that they've already turned uh, around and they've removed everything from it and they're backtracking and they'll never do anything like that again. Yes. Now and then it's he went, just- Oh, how about I just get it over instead? And they're like, sure <laughs> do that then. Yep. And it worked very well. It worked so well. It's so fucking funny. I love the, I love the dirt sheets who get all sensitive. <laughs> says, uh Indy's going to be the yin to Rhea's yang. She's so tall, powerful, but the light side of the dark side of Rhea. Uh, maybe that seems to me like a couple years down the road before we get to that. Interesting. That feels like a in five years thing to me. Yes. You know, because they also both got time. Build it. Mm-hmm. Make Indy a super good guy and Rhea just a more and more bad guy.
4: God, she's killing it too.
3: Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, they also had just sprinkled in NXT a bunch of uh, vignettes and such of all the different people and the different matches and what it means to them. You had the vignette with Braun Breaker and Apollo Cruz. I actually think I liked all of the vignettes this time around, except probably the Scripts one. Yeah. The scripts one, I was all like, "Okay, stop." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> even I think I would have liked it had I not known and had they not had footage of what he looks like. Like yeah. the fucking mask is so goofy. As soon as they <laughs> showed him doing a thing, I was like, uh, <laughs> they're hanging yeah. on to it. That's Willow Mask. But That's
4: orange. Awful. Roxanne's was probably my favorite one. That whole, like, talking, her talking now. in the mirror. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I thought
3: it was dope. Uh, you want to talk to AEW? Let's do it. It opened up with the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal and the first. Music we hear the first thing that we see as the show starts, besides Excalibur saying, You know what that means. I miss it <laughs> man. I feel bad. Yeah, not there. Uh it was uh Ricky Starks, man. They opened the show with Ricky.
4: Missed this completely because TBS and TNT was on a fucking glitch. They were stuck on Big Bang Theory that was playing on beforehand, and nothing they would, it did not fix itself so I had to rush to try to find a fucking stream of it, and by the time I freaking got to it Match was like, right in the middle of it, and I'm like, son of a
3: bitch So you didn't get to see the entrance? No
4: Oops. I'm sure it was awful I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was god awful. Pretty sure they booed Ricky out of the building. Like, my god, it was
3: cool. I mean, it was so him and Jungle Boy were the only two people who got entrances at all. That doesn't
1: surprise. which was
3: really interesting because in contrast, I was all like, "Oh, that's cool." They're opening up with Ricky, and then I hear Jungle Boy do his thing, and I went, "Ah, oh, fuck this."
4: Yeah, it was very questionable Ooh. about Ricky at first. I was like, "Why?" like he's already got a world title match why is he in the battle royal like
3: mm-hmm.
4: now so here's the, deal with the
3: diamond the diamond battle royal this is this is where the the a lot of the stuff a lot of how we got here fell apart but how we got but but getting there was great right so hold on let's see real quick in spanner fox um Please know the show was bad. The only match was Joe versus Darby. Regal's goodbye was sad. You know, EW won't be around for long match. That was good. Um, uh, And he says, uh, it's dumb. The diamond ring needs to go away. Max is going not lose it. I just realized
4: they gave it away that it was going to be Ricky, if you think about it. Because they literally said the winner of the dynamite diamond ring gets to face MJF whenever. So it kind of gave it away that it was going to end up being... Ricky?
3: Well, it made me think that it shouldn't be Ricky because Ricky's in that tournament. That too. And didn't he win it? Or are we still going to have that match against Ethan?
4: Yes, Yes. that's that's, that's literally next week. No, that's already happened. Ricky won the tournament.
3: Yeah, he won the tournament. So he won the tournament to get a shot at MJF and then entered the Battle Royal to also get a shot at MJF.
2: Yeah.
4: Yes.
1: The the match next week the match next week at winter is coming is now for the title and the ring.
3: Yes. Which is stupid.
1: Yes. That's,
3: you know <laughs> yes. what I mean? Like, it, yeah. here's what, here's the, the part to that that is sad to me. It's next week. MJF versus Starks. The winner gets the ring and the world championship. Do we truly believe that they're going to give MJF after giving him customized albeit shittily done and poorly made pwts iron on burberry piece of shit belt (laughs) that doesn't even look as doesn't even look tacky like they went for it just looks poorly made do you we really think they're going to go through all that and then have ricky take it in the week
4: no there is no way they're giving it to ricky it was obvious they weren't going to give it to ricky
3: And here's the other deal. Spinner Fox asked this question. So Ricky is going to face MJF twice. It's so dumb and bad booking. That's just it. He's not. He wins two things to get one match. So what they did was they had avenues set up to get two different number one contenders to face MJF outside of the ranking system that already gives them a number one contender. They could have had three rivalries brewed out of this. And instead, they said, let's give them both to one dude, get them out of the way, and then figure out what's next. Because we don't know. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, this basically
4: said they just wanted to get the ring out of the way. Because literally, they said the winner can face MJF whenever. But this is literally just, we don't want to wait that long. Let's just get it over with. Give it to Ricky, and that way we could do two things in one and just swipe it off to the side.
3: Yeah. How do we get the ring back on MJF? Because the world champion wouldn't be in that match. And how do we get Ricky out of this equation? Like, that's what it feels like. And SpinnerFox says MJF is already overlooking Starks. He mentioned Brian. We already know he's facing him at Revolution. He goes, they should have had Brian win the Rumble and then beat him for the ring and then give him a title shot at Revolution. Something you could even have Brian win the Rumble and say he doesn't want that fucking ring. It's tacky, and it's gaudy, and it's not my style. You keep it, but I'll see you down the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then MJF yeah. keeps it like a heel would. You're damn right I'll keep it. You know what I mean? He's a bad guy. He doesn't need a reason to, to have it. You don't want it? Fine, I'll keep it. You're an idiot. I want it, so <laughs> I'm keeping it. You're dumb. You could have sold it or something, moron. Like You could just be a cocky, arrogant piece of shit like he's supposed to be. And also keep the ring that way. But instead, they're going to fucking wipe Ricky's face in the mud. Here's the part that that bothers me about it the most. After this match, MJF comes running out to say, basically, I'm not giving you the ring. You're going to have to face me for the ring. And the title. And then Ricky Starks. I already tweeted about it. So I feel like that I... I've already given away the lead, and you already know. He fucking <laughs> destroyed MJF on the mic. He, yeah. I want he you to know this
4: legitimately made, this legitimately made MJF look incredibly like just he has one note and that's it. Yes. That's all it does.
3: This looked, this felt like exposing the Emperor has no clothes. Yes.
4: He literally said the Ricky literally said he's like the low hanging fruit. And he's like, how much longer can you like use that?
3: Yeah. The forehand. I'm
4: like, I was like, damn, I'm like, that is so fucking true. Like, I'm looking at this and I'm just going, holy fuck. Like MJF really is just that one note and that's it. There's nothing else to him. He says the same shit of, oh, I'm going to take digs at the crowd. Oh, I'm going to take digs at your state. I'm um, going to take digs at your team.
3: Like. Splinter Fox says, MJF is reading too much IWC and using it in his promos now. Also, I'm not saying Ricky Starks is a drinking buddy because I doubt it. But he said everything I've been saying about MJF for the past two months. <laughs> everything I've been saying about him. He laid it out much better. I'm not a professional talker. I'm a drummer
4: MJF must be listening to you, Splinter Fox, when he called him Young Rock. I was like Baby Rock. I went, "Holy Pebble. fuck, he's listening! He's listening to fucking Splinter he Fox got, over he here." To get it right, it's yeah. Pebble.
3: Yeah, he called him Pebble, just like Splinter Fox been calling him Baby Rock and Pebble. I laughed. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just... This promo felt like we wrote it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, MJF. Listen to the show. Let's yeah. go.
3: Uh, so Fox's MJF said what, what I've been talking about for weeks, dollar store rock uh, too. Yeah, that's what I mean. So a lot of it was like, to me, it was really cool to see play out in a way where it's all like, we've been saying this. I've been saying this. This is crazy to see it laid out by Starks in a much better fashion. God, when he said, I expected a fifth rate Roddy Piper wannabe. Whew, I was like, fuck. Yeah, dude, let's go. Like there was so much here where he just, decimates mjf and mjf has nothing to say and it wasn't yeah. one of those like it wasn't one of those like i'm a bad guy so i'm just gonna kick him in the balls it was like i know that uh bishop will hate this <laughs> but to me it was like that eight mile tossing in the mic back now say something they don't already know you know what i mean like uh, it wasn't so much that Ricky said all the things about himself. This was not that, right? It was that rap battle back and forth effectively, right? Our mainstream rap battle. But it was that throwing the mic back over and saying, now what do you have to say? And the person choking, it looked like MJF's choked. It didn't look like MJF was being dastardly. It looked like, fuck, I got to reevaluate this. What I also thought was amazing, and I can't tell if it was on purpose because their production is so bad, but... (laughs) After Ricky had mentioned how shitty the spray-on tan is that MJF has, the shot they cut over to MJF, you could see like the muddy buildup of the spray-on tan on his <laughs> ear. <laughs> That's hilarious. So fucking funny. I even saw it like, or it was right before he said it or something because it was one of those things. Where I was like, God, that fucking shitty tan. And then Ricky just rips into about a shitty tan. I was like, You're goddamn right, Ricky. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you should have seen Phenomenal. this promo producer lady yeah. ricky said everything i've been saying he's probably a friend of the show mjf's <laughs> been saying everything that splinter fox was saying so probably friend of the show as well so welcome AEW <laughs> elite to our our for the bar here in the team. iwc you're welcome <laughs> join have a seat next to bruce pritchard also drinking buddy of the show <laughs> <laughs>
4: The dive bar, the IWC, is the real forbidden door, motherfuckers.
3: Fuck yeah, dude. But yeah, dude, this was so good. I said it before. I'm trying to remember who I said it to. Because I believe it was on one of these episodes. You guys would be able to tell me if you remember it happening or not. I believe I'd said somewhere that Ricky was a better promo than MJF. Mm -hmm. And the person told me that I was an idiot. And I said, all right, we'll see. I was like, he hasn't done it yet. I remember thinking that. But this was that week where, look, I'm excited about the potential back and forth. MJF has been one note for a long time, and now he's been called out on it. So now he's going to have to be better. I think he can be. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's an absolute that Ricky will best MJF in every single promo battle. But I think this proves that he absolutely can. Mm -hmm. And he's capable of. And there's every reason for me to believe that he can one up MJF every time. Cause he's ready and hungry and MJF may be yes. in his own way, hardworking and hungry, but I don't think he is the same way that Ricky is MJF is the destined one. You know what I mean? He is the heir apparent and has been for quite some time, even in MLW. It was, Oh, this guy, this guy is an absolute. There is the absolute yep. of MJF. But Ricky mm-hmm. has been calling himself the absolute because he's the one who has to tell you yeah. that yes. he's willing to put all that forward to make mm-hmm. it true you know what I mean and so this yes. was his opportunity to do that and he did not miss
4: yeah, it was phenomenal that whole slapping the mole off his neck and stomping an asshole in him I'm like fucking Ricky you smell like paint thinner ass yeah that <laughs> <Yes>. was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> Fucking so wonderful. Good. My God. I knew Rick, I, I always knew Ricky could talk, but just watching him absolutely decimate MJF was one of the most wonderful things I've seen.
3: Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I've got the transcript right here, too, because of both of them. Uh yep, dollar store Dwayne called them, which Swin fox been saying he goes, I'm gonna start calling you the Pebble which some had said uh here's what's coming next main event dynamite i'm gonna put you in my pocket hop on my porsche i'm gonna drive by the nearest body of water skip you along the way back to billy corgan's nwa where you belong which is awesome oh uh,
4: why do you have to bring up nwa too god damn it yeah
3: it's funny um but you could also tell i couldn't tell if starks was ultimately scripted Or if he just knew what he wanted to say. Because there was a couple times the crowd interrupted him and he paused and got back to it. But you could tell because he started the line, he got back to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, and I love that one too. He goes, Everything about you screams cheap. The cheap suit, the cheap shoes, the cheap heat. I was like, because we've been saying that about all this cheap heat, the same old you guys, you you ugly hillbillies. Like it's not even clever. Uh so yeah, all of it was just so good. I think that what I love too is that all of Twitter was saying Ricky just out talked Ricky just out promote MJF because MJF according to okay. Twitter has been the promo God of quite some time. The devil, if you will. Uh, and here comes Ricky who did a whole promo where everyone just, it was fun to listen to because the crowd does listen where sometimes the yeah. a- WWE crowds don't listen. Yeah. They would, he would say a line and you, oh, and then he would say another line while they're, oh, 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 ah! like they fucking couldn't get their surprise out before the next stinger hit.
4: That whole Ricky they're behind Starks, me for a reason thing is fucking insane.
3: Ricky Starks talks like Muhammad Ali punches that fast and that precise. You mm-hmm. can't see them coming. You can't dodge a single one of them but he also dodges the way that all did where he can duck around 20 in 10 seconds and then shimmy in your face about it. He's something else. Uh, let's see. Spinner Fox put up all of this. He goes, the bad boy, Joey Janela tweeted about it today. He says "Uh, 20 hours ago. Oh, that was the copy and paste. He goes, I watched Ricky Stark segment with Jim and it was amazing. Brought me back to some golden attitude era shit. You let the match happen next week and afterwards, let it marinate and simmer afterwards. You have a rivalry that could last more than a couple of years if done correctly.
4: Yeah. I've literally been saying this since they announced Ricky after Ricky won the tournament. I go, it is predictable. MJF is going to retain, but all you have to do is make Ricky look like he belongs to stay in that fucking category of being a world champion. That's all they need to do in this match is make Ricky look like the star that he is, and make him be like he should stay in that world title picture, and you do not take him out of that picture.
3: Just writing down the title to our episode today. There we
2: go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I think that yeah, you have everything you do to, to leave him in it but at the same time like Spinner Fox said this is going to be their kicking Ricky down the road this is kicking the can down the road a little bit they're going to have him lose this match and I think it sucks I think that this showed more than anything that Ricky's ready for it now Ricky's ready and deserves it and should have it but they're not going to take it off Max right now dude when he called the Maxi pad right away so fucking good
4: <laughs> that was wonderful the crowd freaking the, the eruption after the spear where he spears backs out of his shoes that yeah. crowd was fucking hot for that holy yeah. shit
3: if you thought Drew MacInfart was never going to stick wait <laughs> till you load a maxi pad
2: <laughs> so
3: good <laughs> although i will say that the Rock and Becky calling Corbin a strong tough or super tough dude didn't last nearly as long as it could have. That was only like yeah. two two yeah. or three months of crowd heat before it fizzled out, and that one should have stayed. That
4: wasn't really much, though. It didn't feel like even that long. It felt like it only lasted that night and that was it. I know.
3: But I think MaxiPad will stick because this crowd latches onto everything they can. Oh, it's- uh, <laughs> Serna Fox says uh, it's interesting that Joey commented on AEW could he be heading back or they just good buds with them both. I think he's very good buds with Ricky. Mm-hmm. I assume he's friends with MJF because everyone seems to be. Um, But I do think that he was just super proud of his boy because that was it. That was one of those like, fuck yeah, because I think that Joey and Ricky spent a lot of time in the back talking about when are they going to get their opportunity? And if they just got one chance, mm-hmm. they just got that one opportunity to blow, you know, that eight, so mile, we're eight
4: mile we're talking eight mile here all of a sudden and then how fitting yep. for that moment
3: yep yep and then i guess more of the show happened man like this was such a high for me watching i've watched that promo probably six times i'm gonna watch it more tonight I'm i have to
4: pretty much it's phenomenal
3: it's just one of those things where you hear all of it and you just go like also, MJF was saying stuff, the camera was catching and going away. And I was trying to find out because I think that uh, MJF and CM Punk are friends. You I was think? trying to find out if what? Yeah, f- of course. <laughs> yeah, dude, those guys are fucking buddies. There's no doubt about it. Oh, gosh. CM Punk was laying waste to everyone he could in that thing and only talked glowingly about MJF. In the way that MJF would want him to. Hmm. Listen to that thing. He puts over MJF in everything he says. He's talking about how much yeah. he's an asshole. I know he hates him and doesn't want to ever fight him. All this shit. But the tone changes when he talks about other, other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's putting over MJF all the time. So I think they're fucking buddies. I was trying to figure out and wonder if we had a moment of Stark saying what he wanted to, regardless of what Max may have wanted him to. And if it was a moment of um, that going off script kind of thing with MJF, not knowing really what to say or do about it, but I, I don't think so. I think that they actually work well together enough that I think they just both did a very good job there. I think it was awesome. And I think that what we saw here is Ricky is much taller than we thought. Yes. You put Ricky Starks with fucking Brian Cage and Will Hobbs so fucking much, we'd think he's Johnny Gargano. <laughs> he's not. You stand him up next to your world heavyweight champion and you go, oh shit. You got ourselves in Austin over here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other stuff happened. Moxley backstage. So they do this thing. Was this the this wasn't the video, right? I was just gonna move around because there was a lot of shit I didn't care for. Moxie does his thing backstage. Was it Oh, we'll go to the Team T championship match, we'll find it. Uh Joe, Darby Allen. What'd you think of that?
1: Awesome. It was, I thought it was a great match.
3: Talk about absolutely. it, because I don't remember any of it. I watched the show <laughs> yesterday. I don't remember it even happening.
2: It was,
4: I, I absolutely loved it. I think Joe with the TNT title, is still a really interesting thing because I, I, I still question why they took it off of Wardlow, but then I was just like, yeah, Wardlow's momentum kind of got killed really quick. So you kind of got to just freshen it up, let Samoa Joe run with it, and he's doing the whole open challenge kind of thing, facing people, which is cool, get the TNT title on TV some more. Darby's a good challenger, you know, former TNT champion himself. Like, it was just all around an awesome match.
1: So Mojo's already having a better TNT title reign than Wardlow did, which is <laughs> sad to say.
4: Well, because... Wardlow just, just seemed to be kind of plummeting himself because he's, you know, repeating himself over and over again. This is Wardlow's world. And I'm like, that's all he fucking says every
3: week. Yeah, I saw a cool meme someone posted about Samoa Joe and Darby, and it showed Darby just looking all fucked up and punched up. Um, but I, I also I agree with what you had said about Samoa Joe's already like probably the most meaningful TNT champion they've had, like in short order. Uh, Squid so yeah, Fox does say this Joe's getting ready to leave uh, next. His best match in AEW Safari it would be funny if Joe's back in WWE when Twisted Metal Show releases. I was wondering that too. I don't think that Samoa Joe will stay past his contract, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a three or three or five year contract. Yeah. Again, we I don't understand. It's, been. It's,
4: hmm? it's only been like what, like a year he's been there so far, I would say.
3: Yeah. That's what I feel like. So I feel like that. I don't think he'll renew, but I don't think that um, I don't think his contract's coming up, but unless
4: they start doing some big things with him out of nowhere. He's, yeah. I don't see him staying either.
3: And didn't Wardlow come running out here? Yeah, Wardlow sprinted to the ring.
4: Yeah, yeah after freaking Darby gets killed on a muscle buster on his fucking skateboard, which had to suck mm. so much. On the wheels of his skateboard, too. I had to hurt like a
1: motherfucker. That's also like really dangerous, especially with what happened to
4: Tyson Kidd. Yep the missile is just a scary move to take altogether. So I don't know why. And then you're now you're, you're now you're dropping him on a fucking skateboard. Yeah. It just makes it even worse.
3: Yeah. You just hope those guys are pros and know more than us. Cause look scary as yes. fuck. But that's the point, right? Yes. The goal is to make it look scary and feel nothing, but yeah, it looks scary. Uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with orange casting, Kip Sabian. I uh, didn't watch any of that. Was there anything there? Not much to really talk about there. It
4: basically, just
1: came down to Orange Cassidy saying, Hey, Kip, you want a title shot? We'll f- we'll fight on Rampage. And Kip was like, I'll fight you when I want to, but I'm going to
4: choose an opponent. And then, of course, that got leaked as yeah. to who that was. So,
3: oh, who's it going to be?
4: Trent Seven. Trent Seven.
3: Oh, yeah, I did see that. I was yeah. kind of surprised that they didn't hold on to him. And all the NXTU people that they kept. He's fantastic. I was really surprised.
4: With Tyler Bate kind of just in the no and no, like nothing right now, having Mustache Mountain in the tag division would have been nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think the
4: only one that they kept so far who they haven't redebuted
1: on NXT is uh, uh, Rampage, Rampage Brown.
3: Huh. Yeah, I guess.
1: And no Dar. Oh, yeah, and M, but.
3: Oh yeah, Spinner Fox says he's calling it now. Pock, Joe, Black, Ruby, Swiss. Who's Swiss?
4: Cesaro or Claudio?
3: Claudio. Uh, Buddy, all one and done with contracts. Um, I maybe I could see the argument for them. I don't know if I think all of them. I kind of don't know that Pock would come back. I feel like Pock's doing bad. just fine. And I don't think that he had a particularly amazing time even in NXT. You know what I mean? Like Paco could see staying. Uh, Black, I could see staying because he's working with all of his buddies now. Yeah. And he might just like that more than potential heights that he could get because I feel like he's probably financially pretty secure. Yeah. Ruby, I could see her coming back. Claudio, I could see him coming back. But at the same time, yeah, I could see Claudio coming back, because he always had aspirations of being a world champ, and I think that he might think he could do it with Triple H. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Buddy, is a, that's a bit of a long part, <clears> <throat> too. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Uh, speaking of all of them, though, Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager against Claudio and Wheeler Yuda, uh, you can guess that I saw none of that.
4: You didn't miss much. Yeah, no. you really... My interest in that whole entire feud is fucking rock bottom. I am over this Jericho freaking Appreciation Society freaking, I'm now just calling them Combat Club because there is no Blackpool anymore. It is just Combat Club.
3: Yeah, Uh, when I hear the the Jericho Appreciation (laughs) Society music, I just turn the volume down uh, and kind of walk away. And
4: (laughs) like I said, my, my interest in it is now still rock bottom because of the freaking ROH title match happening on fucking final battle I I hate that match so much yeah
3: Uh, let's see we did get the sit down this sit down with Jamie Hayter and Tony Schiavone was so weird like Jamie did a great job and Tony did just Mm -hmm. fine but you could clearly tell that they have no fucking clue what they want to do with her
4: definitely not
3: because she was like annoyed for no reason wanted to be asked a question they clearly knew they were going to sit down and ask about She supposedly demanded this tony just said what are your thoughts about the division like he didn't have a fucking question for the champion so then she does she gives a non-answer and says that there's some random match on rampage between Sheeta and the bunny and whoever wins it can wrestle her if they want what the fuck is that that's not really a challenge I mean, we know what they're they're saving her
4: for at this point. And it's like, you're not going to jump the gun on that already.
3: They have no idea what they're doing with her. And it was so obvious. in this was despite both of them doing the best that they could. This really felt like they sat down for like 20 minutes and been like, look, they just said we had to do this. And I don't know what they want us to do. And then she's like, is there a match on the other side? Kind of like this felt so directionless but with so much effort. And I feel like that all came from Tony and Jamie. So I don't yep. want to discredit them at all. Cause I thought, I actually thought Jamie was fantastic here. Just clearly had no direction. And so everything she said made no sense in context, not that she was speaking in jumbled, but contextually you go, all right, that doesn't mean anything, you know?
4: Yeah. It's kind of been two segments with her. Now that's kind of flopped. You got, Britt overshadowing her the first time and now you got this just kind of
3: because well, they don't
4: know what they are doing shit. with her. Like I said, I, I, think they, I, I think they have the one thing they want to do with her, but you know they ain't jumping the gun with it yet. They're not yes. going to immediately go. They know that we know we're going to get Britt and Jamie for the fucking title, but there ain't no way they're going to just jump into that immediately. They're going to drag it out as humanly possible, but they ain't got nothing to fill in those gaps before that. So
3: yeah, for as for a, a company that all their fans want to swear up and down is based around long-term storytelling. He has no plans whatsoever with Jamie and it's evident. So at this point, the story has not begun yet. Cause like you said, the only story they have is her and Brit and they're mm-hmm. not doing it. So it's static. This is a pause on the story because he doesn't know what the fuck to do. Um, Spinner Fox does say Blackpool is done Swiss is going to lose and join JSA Oh that's not true Uh, And he also says this is why Tony don't care for the women's division Once Thunder got injured he didn't have any plan B for anybody I really think Jade would have not been champion right now If Chris Statlander didn't get injured I think it's very possible too I think he just kind of says fuck it Whatever like what do you guys want to do Like it feels so phoned in for the women Even the trios match Jade Cargill and the baddies Red Velvet and Layla Gray versus Kira Hogan Madison Rain and Sky Blue we didn't even understand why Kira Hogan was kicked out of that group, but she was, and now she's leading this other group, and we don't know why they're together. So I didn't watch this they match. Basically,
4: they basically kicked Kira out. They basically kicked
3: Kira out because she
4: didn't show up for the fucking bow wow thing at first, that and that sense. was and it was that fucking was the stupid. Don't give, yeah, basically, that's really all it is.
3: It's just weird because you have Jade Cargill and effectively one, two, three, four, five jobbers in a segment, so I didn't watch, because I was like, I don't need to see a bunch of jobbers and Jade Cargill out here. It doesn't mean anything, and Jade's team's going to win.
4: It was not worth watching. I I hated every second watching it. It was just so uninteresting, because all it is is more Bow Wow freaking Jade stuff, and they didn't even do anything with that whole thing in the first place. Like I'm still sold at this point that Jade is just going to fucking hand over the title just so they can keep her undefeated she's just going to hand over the title and go i don't need this anymore i'm going for bigger things and that's literally going to be it
3: it feels like it uh oh we missed something before the 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 tony sit down the regal thing cuz i did want to talk about this this was the other big deal regal oh. this segment itself to Is me dumb was embarrassing. Yes. Cause this felt like, well, we jumped the gun and I forgot to provide context and answers. So let's retcon answers in a scenario that wouldn't really have happened that also doesn't fix the timeline. So basically the thought was Regal turns on the Blackpool Combat Club and then MJF turns on Regal. So two weeks before turning on the combat club or no two weeks before being turned on by MJF so a week before he turned on the combat club he cuts a promo with Tony Schiavone just in case if something were to happen to him in which he (sighs) says the reason I did what I did was to lead by example and teach you the final thing always stay one step ahead and keep your eyes in the back of your head (sighs) Which also undoes everything he taught because that's exactly not what happened at all. It taught it shows that he is wrong on that. He goes on Blackpool combat until the day I die fellas. It's been emotional. This was supposedly <laughs> recorded two weeks ago, then he gets punched in the back of the head. So if he hadn't gotten turned on, this wouldn't have aired. You know what I mean? like oh this was God. such an embarrassing retcon. That it was pointless, and I think that it would have been much better to just write him off and even have Moxley say, look, he learned his lesson. He got what was coming to his. I am grateful for what, what we did, but he's an asshole for turning on me, and I don't feel bad for what happened, and I'm ready to move on. And if they just left it, that, that's that, That's fine.
4: Wait, that, that was recorded two weeks ago? So that was literally recorded the day that Moxley told him to get the fuck out and just keep walking. That is so stupid. They fucked this whole thing up. MJF's fucking beginning half of his championship reign has been foobarred by bullshit right now. You now have fucking... You you go off from MJF coming out to confront Regal to go to bring up the fucking email that says, Hey, I'm going to prove you wrong that I am really that good. And you freaking made the mistake for not doing, for not, like, picking me up when you had the opportunity. For that it to turn to MJF versus The Firm with the freaking sticking it to Regal being put to the side. Then you have Regal turn on Blackpool Combat Club with absolutely no signs of any kind of reason for him to turn whatsoever. Just so MJF turns on him two weeks later, like... What a fucking jumbled mess!
1: Yeah, this thing and is now it's just, worse,
4: not a oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm Blackpool Combat Club still. That doesn't explain why you turned on Moxley at all. Nothing. It's so dumb.
1: Yeah. And I think the funniest part out of all this is people's reaction on social media. They're like, they have this pre like predetermined thought in their brain that sense Regal said to always keep their eyes in the back of their head that there's some sort of traitor in the Blackpool Combat Club. And they're like, I saw somebody was like, well, three out of the four were in the ring last night. So I wonder which one was this which one is the traitor, suggesting that Brian is the the traitor. And I'm like Where is any of this even coming from?
3: (laughs) I mean, it would also work to be Brian just because Brian's the one who's the most obsessed with Regal. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing is that he's Regal's dude and the other guys just happen to be there. But at the same time, this muddied all that up in such a way that none of that fucking matters. And then Mox as an open challenge for Friday. (sighs) It just, it made... It made the situation much worse when all you had to do was say, fuck him. He's gone. He got what he had coming to him for turning on us. But apart from just this jumbled, embarrassing mess of Tony trying to fix his sloppy, rushed booking, some of that's not his fault. Some of it is that he's been working. Well, I mean, it's all his fault because he's been working with Regal. We know now since October. So he's had two months to sort this out. He's been working with Regal since October about not renewing his contract. And he talked about it on the ROH media call. Um, oh, was a weird sense. verbiage thing. He said to teach Moxley a final lesson to be two steps ahead and to have an eye behind your back. It was dumb. And side note Brian has never entered from the face entrance. Oh, he's always entered from the heel entrance. Yeah. That's interesting.
4: He's been coming out that way. But still, like either way this whole thing was just really poorly executed really dumb and yeah. like if you were literally going to write regal off you should have just had mjf beat him up after he won the world title the night oh, he won moxley the world
3: title because moxley right. got turned on you know what I mean like you cost Moxley the thing Moxley will never get his revenge and then MJF also punks out the dude that Moxley didn't get his revenge on so it was just,
4: it made- just left it at freaking they should just left it at the night when Moxley said just go and don't yeah. come back and left it at that yep. that was it
3: that's all you need and it would have been fine so it's all muddled but what we do know is that Regal told him in October he didn't want to renew his contract he wanted to go back to WWE and coach his son Jack Dempsey uh, and, uh, and and be over there helping train. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this because most of the IWC has stated multiple times, many, many times, that the WWE having a fully paid 90-day non-compete when they terminate contracts is evil and wicked and ruins careers because people aren't going to be on TV. But Tony adding a stipulation to his release of the contract that Regal is not allowed to appear on TV for a full calendar year is Tony being a really good guy and caring for him and trying to help uh, Regal be with his family. I'm just trying to understand the same mouths using these two mentalities because I do agree that 90 days is a little while to be off TV. You can definitely cool your heat. As we see with Sasha Banks, it doesn't have to cool you off. It's about how you use those 90 days or even more so. It's also three months paid to allow you to set up what your next move is going to be so you don't have three months unpaid. Uh, Renee, by the way, was paid for a full year. Not 90 days, uh, which we know. But... This is not only are you not paid by us, you're not working for us, but you're not allowed on TV for a full year because we want, because Tony's trying to pull power play, but people are trying to say that it's him being a generous guy. And how much of us really believe that triple H was chomping at the bit to get Regal back on TV and not to get him in the backstage anyways.
2: Yeah.
3: It's a
4: stupid power. The 90 day thing would have been better than a one year fucking wait. At least then he would have still been able to be on TV with his son and not fucking have to sit there and be like, Well, now I just gotta fucking sit there and watch the clock until it's time for me to finally be able to be on the TV with my son. Like I don't think he gives a
3: shit. I think he just wants to go there and coach him and train him and be backstage with him anyways and help him out. And I think he I wants mean, to do what he was doing before which was largely off-screen. Yeah, he that's mainly a couple focus. things.
4: Yeah, that's mainly his focus then if he just wants to just go back there, be with his son and get him going and doesn't involve him being on TV then so fucking be it. That's fine. And he doesn't have to worry about the damn contract cuz he's not on TV. I think he's literally just said you can't be on TV for a year. What does it mean? What if he does again? What if he doesn't want to be on TV? Then if he doesn't,
3: let him do his backstage thing, and there we go. He doesn't care. I don't believe, but also it's petty as fuck for Tony to say a year. Yeah, that's bull. You know what I mean? Because his reason was that he wanted to sell the injury of MJF hitting him. You're telling me any single person who's ever been portrayed in any form of combat sport would get punched one time and be out for a year? Yeah, no. You know what I mean? No. Yeah,
4: that's bull. It like should have been really- either 90 days, or it should have been anywhere from 30 to like 90 days, and that's about it.
1: Yeah. And it's also a little ridiculous, because it's like, does Tony Khan really think that William Ra- William Regal, if he was in a on-screen capacity, would make that much of a difference to WWE television. Like, let's say, let's say if Triple H did bring him in as an on-screen character, as like an authority figure, like Raw, Gen- Raw and SmackDown general manager, do you really, does Tony Khan really think that Raw and SmackDown's ratings are going to go from like 1.5 slash 2 that they are now to like four and a half five 5, just because William Regal pops up on TV? No, (laughs) I don't think they're going to pop. I don't think they might go up like a a couple hundred thousand, but it's not like it's going to be some drastic change because William Regal pops his face up on WWE TV. That's just not how it works. Yeah, it's just it's 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 ridiculous.
3: It's just him trying to take away something from the fans because he's being petty in this thing, which is also fine because I'm here for the pettiness. But you gotta call it when you see it. That's a petty move. He's being petty. He's yeah. trying to flex strength. He's trying to say that I'm a contender. You have to take me seriously. What I think would be funny is if they put him on TV anyways and just said, What are you gonna do about it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you I gonna do imagine. About it? Yeah. That'd be hysterical. Have have William Regal the first thing he says on TV and be like, Well, my head's a little sore, but I'm glad to be back. <laughs>
4: I would die. That'd be hysterical, actually. That'd be so good. I came back with a wicked headache, but
1: happy to be back. Like I felt like I got blasted in the back of the head with something, but
4: here I am.
3: Yeah, turns out it was just a soppy sponge of fake tanner. I'll be fine. <laughs>
4: God, that'd be so weird, because what if they put him back in NXT as, like, the GM, and he, like, he's in his office, and he's got his brass knuck thing, but his knucks aren't there? <laughs> he just goes, I left him in Florida somewhere, like... No, he's got his brass knuckles, and they
1: just have stains of tanner on on, on the knuckle part.
3: <laughs> they fucking have him behind the table, but he just, like, rolls out on a wheelchair from behind it. It's like, I'm <laughs> hit. What did you want? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I think that... Uh, I don't think you can complain about WWE's 90-day non-compete and also say that uh, Tony is just being a gem of a human here by telling him he's got a year. Um, I don't think that Tony's being a bad guy, necessarily. He's just being a very petty guy and trying to assert an alphaness where there isn't one, so he's just coming off like a little barking dog. He also... Yeah. I think the other thing that... that uh, uh, shit, what was the other thing? Just take a drink. Technical difficulties.
4: Technical difficulties, take a drink.
3: The other thing that Tony was complaining about was that Triple H showing Regal on the War Games thing, the Supercut. In there, he was saying, like, I just think that I'm being so accommodating, and I didn't think that that was very very much in the nature of being uh, with as accommodating as we've been. And he rattled on a bunch, but his whole thing was that he felt slighted by Triple H posting a video supercut of Regal screaming war games on the day of war games saying it's not the same without him as a personal dig to Tony Khan, who is oh, in his mind being super accommodating by by not renewing a guy's contract, but instead issuing up and drafting a secondary contract that states he can't be utilized in TV for him to go back and be with his son, which also he was trying to say, and this is, I believe to be true. His mother apparently had a couple of strokes. And so he said, he's been spending a lot of time with his family. And so he felt like in the nature of family, that's why he wanted to do this, which I think is a really shitty way of saying, of trying to justify what you're doing and paint yourself as a good guy. When you're doing something so stupid and petty to say, I'm making him stay off TV for a year, but don't feel bad about it. Cause I'm doing it because of his kid. Cause my mom just had a stroke. Like, fuck you, dude. Quit talking out of both sides, of your mouth. Like I get it. It's shitty. You're dealing with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but everything you're doing with Regal's contract has nothing to do with your mom. Exactly. Letting him out of his contract, maybe, but then trying to double down and assert some sort of alpha on top of it. This year long thing, which again, I don't care if I don't see Regal on TV for a year. I'm happy he's on the backstage doing everything he's going to do for the company like he was doing before. I don't think most people do care. But I do think that he cares because he's being petty and shitty and trying to paint himself out to be a really good guy when he's just another billionaire asshole like all the rest of them. And people need to take off their rose-colored sunglasses when it comes to all of these billionaires. You know what I mean? They're all doing their own self-interest all of the time. And we want to pretend they've got these big hearts and doing these massive things when every time they do a great thing or a nice thing for someone, they say, did you guys see I did that? Did you see I did it? He literally said that no one thanked him, that that NWA didn't thank him enough for helping with some of the talent and empower. And that how would you feel if you paid someone's dinner and they didn't say thank you to your face? Fuck you, you billionaire asshole. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just buy your friends dinner and say, don't worry about it. Right. You know what I mean? He He was was helping another billionaire.
4: He was helping a company that's kind of been, you know, just there. It's like I sent talent over there. That's enough, fucking. Hey, thanks for that kind of shit. And you're just like, hey, he didn't thank me. What the fuck? Like, yeah. It was stupid.
3: And they did thank him, and they mentioned him several times. And so it just wasn't enough. It wasn't as much thanks as he thought he deserved. And that's all I'm saying is that he was. He found a way to release, to to allow William Regal to not renew his contract, found a way to put him under his thumb for another year, and then tried to figure out a way where he could paint himself as the good guy and garner sympathy to others so he wouldn't face criticism for what he's doing by bringing his ill mother into the story. Leave her out of this, dude. If you're being a dick in a contract, don't try and say, hey, yeah, but my mom's sick. Fuck off, dude. Leave her out of it. Like, I feel bad for his mom. Whatever. He's too. using her. And people's trying to pretend that she he's not. is ridiculous. Uh, Spinner Fox says, uh, yeah, you don't need to thank you back if it's genuine. Uh, and he goes, I wonder if Joe or anybody else goes back to WWE does the same thing. I wonder that, too. Does somebody else ask for, for their release or say, I don't want to be renewed? And he goes, all right, but you can't be on TV for a year. You know what I mean? Like, who else is going to be cool with that? That is such a shit move he's just being a dick and I'm going to call him a dick when I see it. Cause I thought it was kind of gross when I heard the clip and saw all the comments of being like, see, he's just a really good guy. Oh man. He's got such a big heart thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Such a good thing. He's allowing Regal to be with his son. And I was like, you guys are feeding or eating his bullshit. Yep. He's being a dick, but it's also fine because Regal's getting, getting Regal's not getting nothing. He is going to be spending time with his son. He is going to be mm-hmm. back into WWE. He is going to be incredibly useful. And all you yes. did was, was put a slight handicap on the situation. Mm-hmm. Spinner Fox says they have been brainwashed. I call bullshit on all wrestling. And he does. He calls bullshit on me all the time.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, that Tony Khan thing fucking annoyed me. So I just wanted to That's mention that. Hands down bullshit. At the same time, I'm glad Regal's coming back just because I'm also petty and I like him more for my company. (laughs) Yes. I wonder if he had more, if Regal had more influence and power in AEW, if that wouldn't have been the case. If he would have told his son, hey, when your contract is up there, come here. And I wonder hmm. if Tony running the company the way that he does and Regal having largely no influence, if he goes, No, nope, I can help my son more in WWE than I can if I bring him to AEW.
4: What was the reason why though Regal wanted to leave mainly? There was the whole like because
1: he felt that people in the back, like not all, he said some people in the back just aren't taking veterans uh like insight. They're not they're not taking what veterans say. And they they think that they have this, this big time contract that they don't have anything to learn.
4: Wow, it's almost like a certain somebody was right about a bunch of kids in the background.
3: Could be. Could be. Might
4: be and, the only prop to give that freaking guy.
3: Yeah, but at the same time, I think that I think the difference between if I'm sitting there and I've got William Regal and CM Punk both sitting at two different tables and they said you can get as much advice as you want from one person at this table, I'm going to Regal. Because I oh, think just because terrible. you've been there and just because you're uh, a veteran doesn't mean by default that you're knowledgeable. You need a lot more than just I've been working in the for a long time. Regal has shown a massive knowledge outside of his self. Uh-huh. Punk never has. Punk's only shown that he he believes he knows what's best for himself all the time. That doesn't equate to, I know what's best for anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as of Fox says he bets people leave just to be back to Regal. Uh, there's an ongoing thing they don't want to learn. Yep. We've been hearing it since Jr. Got there. Jr. Was saying it on his podcast. Like when he first got there, that people do not listen to him. Um, I'm taking my chair to Regal's table for sure. And throwing the other dude, the bird, if, uh, it, as yep. if I do it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. Let's go ahead. I, that was the other thing in there. Um, Did we talk about Soraya and Britt Baker? Not yet. What did you guys think of this?
1: Um, I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't expect the feud, this feud to go on past just the first match. I don't know why I didn't. I just yeah. didn't. I thought it was just gonna be a, a one and done get Saraya have Saraya get the uh, the ring rust knocked off her mm-hmm. and get her on her way. But I didn't I guess we're going farther with this now.
4: Yeah, now we're going tag match, which is in January of for God's sake.
3: Like I can't understand how people see Britt Baker every week and talk about how she's such a great talker she came off so stupid here and she sounded also scripted but also unsure of herself and this whole like I bought you tickets to the show that you're booked on and you can sit in the back or be in the ring and then Soraya takes the tickets and then goes oh I'll face you and she goes psych I want a tag match And it's like, what the fuck? And for it's a month out. You have a month to book this match. And you did all of that in one segment. This could have been an ongoing petty thing for the next couple of weeks. This could have been like, I got... And she even said, Jamie Hayter is always by my side. Except right now, because she's not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was just a bunch of shitty nonsense... That seemed like a lot. It seemed like four weeks worth of content crammed into thirty seconds, and it came off terrible. And I want to see it less than I wanted when I got into it. Yeah, but they I guess it, we it, get a tag they match. Started,
1: hmm? They started this way too early than it needed to, especially if the match is until January. Then, <laughs> then they could have done this four weeks
3: from now. Yeah, oh, SpinnerFox Fox does say. I wonder how. See, I told you. He types like how, how will be her partner. I won't be, uh, I won't be Chris. See, I'm telling you about him. Uh, she has at least three months to be fully healed. So I was going to ask you guys about this. Theoretically, let's go back down the old Sasha Banks train. I know Fox has been in there lately saying that he thinks that we could get Kari and Sasha and stuff. And we already talked about that, so that's why I didn't reread it. But mm-hmm. um, I could see a world where Sasha Banks signs if she's out of a contract, because as of right now, we've never heard from WWE that she's not under contract. She's still on the roster page. The only reason we believe as a community that she's not under contract is because Raj Giri tweeted it out one time. No one else has ever confirmed it. No one else has ever said that they believe that to be the case. It's just that Raj said it. He believes his source and we as a community trust Raj Generally speaking, he's been doing it since like 92 and he's very rarely said that he thinks he believes something to be fact. And we found out it was definitely not right. So with that in mind, not to undermine Raj, it's been all this time and he's still the only voice who's ever said it. Yep. If she is out of contract, I could see a world where she signs a short term contract with njpw or aew and does a three-month program or a six-month program there does a teaming with soraya because of their history obviously turns her back on soraya because that's what that's what she does she turns her back on people and then they can have a match where soraya wins and she gets her one up and they hug and oh look at you're healed i didn't break your neck And then I could see her walking right into Hunter's office and being like, so you ready to sign the bottom line yet? Or the price isn't going to change on my side. You know what I mean? Like I can see her using NJPW and AEW to leverage that. I can go wherever I want. I can do whatever I want. If you guys want me, you have to prove it. You know what I mean? At the same time, Raj is the only one who's ever said she's not in a contract. And I fully believe that, Triple H is very open to her doing some stuff in Japan before popping up at say a rumble you know mm-hmm. he I don't believe that Triple H would say also go run a program with Paige and AEW so
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> it's, it's tough like I don't if she doesn't have a contract I could just see it being a deal where like she doesn't have to sign any papers like kind of like you're only here for like a year or something like that. It'll just be like a, hey, here's this date. Go do what you got to do. Here's this date. Do what you got to do. Like nothing too extreme. She'll just show up and a couple random shows, do a few things and then go back. But if she's like still signed, I just can't see it being her being Sera's partner. There ain't no way it's going to be her at that point. You know, we you. have more likely to bet that she'll show up in Japan than she'll show up on AEW, especially if she's still under contract with WWE. There ain't no way she's showing up on AEW.
3: Yeah, I think that this... I think the, the, the thing that's gonna... Remember when CM Punk debuted and they said if it's not CM Punk, Tony Khan's really gonna be mm-hmm. in a shitty place with his fans? Yeah. If this is not Sasha Banks, it has to be AJ Lee. That's it. Those are the only two people you could put in that spot that would not make people upset at you for building this for a month.
1: And I don't even I don't think AJ shows up after the whole stuff with Punk.
4: Yeah, that's tough. So I think this is going to be a massive massive letdown here.
3: I think it's either Sasha or it's a letdown. I'm leaning
1: more towards the letdown part because I don't... if I know anything about Triple H, which is about literally this much, but if I know anything about Triple H as a businessman, he's not stupid. He's not stupid enough to let someone with this much of a, of a presence as Sasha Banks, he's not going to let her walk away for just because he doesn't want to throw out the money that she wants. He's going to eventually cave. If he sees that Sasha Banks is serious enough that she's going to go somewhere other than WWE because Triple H doesn't want to spend the money, he's going to go, well, get over here. I'll sign the contract. And for all we know, she could have a contract right now. She could. And this could just be part of that part of the clause that he's going. He says, you could go over to New Japan, do your thing, come right back, be in the Rumble, come back, potentially win it. Who
3: knows? How sick would it be for Sasha? Because we were talking about it before. What what would diminish her return if she pops up places? Imagine Sasha shows up at Wrestle Kingdom. What day is Wrestle Kingdom?
4: Um, It's a two-night thing, and it's the 4th and the 21st.
3: 4th and the 21st? Those are way fucking apart from each other, dude.
4: Yes, I don't know why they did that. They have Night 1 and Night 2 for Wrestle Kingdom and they're fucking like two weeks apart from each other.
3: Alright. So let's see. how I'm trying to see how I can book this. Okay, here we yes. go. You could do this. If you're Sasha Banks this is what I would try and do because it would make you the biggest fucking star. You show up to Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th. You pop up in AEW on January 11th and you team with Soraya. You show you could probably do the next week of Dynamite, I would bet. At least that rampage they would do. You have her also go to Wrestle Kingdom on the 21st. (laughs) Then she pops up back in the Royal Rumble on the 28th signed contract and all she'd be the one fucking person to be on all those fucking shows she'd get the biggest pop at rumble because they'd go oh shit we've just seen her on AEW in a match with Paige and we just saw her in NJPW we thought she was done done and then she pops up over here going like I'm boss motherfucker I go where I want (laughs)
4: that'd be
3: so so cool I'm not gonna lie that's a
4: big deal for her like I said, if she doesn't have a deal and she just gets to pop all over right now, she's living her best life right now. Holy shit! Yep,
3: that would be amazing. Can you imagine she gets if she pops up on the fourth to start a program with Kari Sane at Wrestle Kingdom and mm-hmm. gets a match with Kari Sane on the twenty first, tags with Paige on the eleventh, Soraya, and then maybe the <laughs> following week does a one on one. And then goes back and does her Kari Sane match on the 21st and then hits up the Rumble? He's and then potentially 40.
1: wins that. Say what? And then potentially wins the Rumble?
3: She could win the Rumble. She could absolutely win the Rumble. And that would be a yeah, big fucking statement.
4: Kairi's got a title match for Wrestle Kingdom. But it's not announced on what date it is. So, oh. Which is crazy because Wrestle Kingdom literally only has... As of right now, five matches made official. So
1: she could have her title match on night one, have Sasha come in, state her intentions, night two, face face Sasha. Sasha. In between then, Sasha could have those two dates of AEW shows, teaming with Soraya and going one-on-one with uh, Britt, I guess. And then...
3: You do one-on-one with Soraya too. Just say, let's just do it for old time's sake.
1: Not two. Then twenty eighth, pop back up to WWE,
4: have the chance to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. That's crazy because freaking like she'd show up. I was about to say, damn, if night two was in the Tokyo Dome, that would have been freaking crazy. If Sasha shows up and wrestles Kyrie in the Tokyo Dome, but she's not in the that's not in the Tokyo Dome. Night two.
3: Oh yeah, night two is Yokohama Arena. Yep. Well, if they haven't announced who Hukari Sane's gonna face on January 4th, you could give that one to Sasha. I don't have who she's facing already. You know who she's facing? You just don't know what day? Tom Nakano from okay. Stardom. So then yeah, I'd say do that on the fourth and then have Sasha do one on the twenty-first.
4: So I'm saying just have Sasha show up. It's just give the stare down with Kyrie. New Japan makes it official for night two.
3: She points at the WrestleMania was- sign that's not there and she looks confused. <laughs>
1: She goes. Oh, sorry, wrong place.
3: Yeah, sorry, i just used <laughs> to a big sign for the big night. Thought there'd be one here. There's there's always one, just over the side. It's all right. Well I'll just I'll see you at the next one.
1: <laughs> see you in a couple uh,
3: weeks. Spinner Fox has a couple questions here. He says, uh, "I have a question though. What's the deal with Naomi? She was with Jade at the Hawks game this week. That's all we know." Um. He says, or does Triple H want the challenge and know that Tony will fuck up Banks in AEW? Look at the talent that has been there and the waste, uh, and at the waste side. Um Center Fox, are you European or something? Like you don't know oh, fucking, our what did we say, or do you think it's waste side? It's wayside. side. Um, um, Tony
4: Khan fucking up Sasha Banks with the biggest
3: <laughs> flubs ever. It would be. It would be amazing if he tried. But that's what I'm saying, if Sasha said, I can give you two appearances and I want a team with Paige and I want to have a match with Paige and that's all I'm going to do and then we'll revisit it. Like, she could work Tony. I don't think there's any problem. If Jericho's taught me anything, you can convince Tony anything. <laughs> he just believes you. So if she said, hey, yeah, I'm not doing a thing. I just want these two matches and then we'll re- we'll redo it. I know Cardona. He showed up, what, three times? Yeah. That was what his contract was, those three appearances. And then it was with the option to renegotiate, and he never heard back from them. So it just was what it was. So if she said, hey, let me do a three appearance thing, I'll show up on this one, and we'll team, I'll do a promo on the other one, and then maybe on the rampage, I'll do a promo, and then that next dynamite, I'll do a match, you know, like we'll do a three appearance deal. And then she does all this shit. That would be so sick, dude. And can you imagine? Your Triple H and Sasha, both those people love the business so much, and Triple H is always trying to do things he thinks are just cool for the fans. Can you imagine if she laid it all out and was all like, "Look, I can show up over there and do these two things that we're not going to be able to do. I can go over here in Japan and do these things, and then I can be in the Royal Rumble, and then that's it. I'm with you guys again, long haul." God, what a I way can to see Triple off. H being oh, like, 20. "That's pretty fucking cool." <laughs>
4: What a way to kick out 2023 for her. That'd be
3: insane. It'd be amazing. And if it happens, it's because she's a drinking buddy of the show and she's probably pinning it all down right now. Yeah. It's uh, boss time. Yeah. Spinna Fox says, side note, Shinsuke is going to be on uh, uh, Noah, so Banks could be given that freedom. That's what I mean. Is Her showing advantage to JPW right now doesn't mean that she's not under contract with WWE because we know that with Shinsuke. Um, yeah. And like we've also said, they don't know if she's in a match or not. They just know she's going to be there. So... You're basically, the um, way to
4: summon is either she doesn't have a contract and she gets to do all this stuff or she's under contract and she's only going to go about New Japan style, and that's probably about it.
3: Yeah. Yep. I, that's
4: wow. I we,
1: just, we just strangely booked all this cool stuff, yeah. and we're going to get to the point where Saray is going to choose her partner, and it's just going to be Tony Storm.
3: <laughs> it's going to be Thunder Rosa, dude. There's a big part <laughs> of me that thinks that Sera is just wow. going to be teaming with Thunder Rosa yeah. and Thunder's yeah. going to get so much heat for it. Bro, that's what I was saying <laughs> that's what I was saying by like it's going to be a big fucking a big issue for Tony if he doesn't deliver Sasha or AJ Lee because my gut is that it's Thunder Rosa and that everyone's going to be t- fantasy booking Sasha Banks and AJ Lee in this spot for the whole month that by the time Thunder comes back people are going to be like what the fuck <laughs> oh, and then sorry. Thunder's going to be given more heat because of Tony's bad booking the whole interim title thing I'm pretty sure it was Tony's thing just to slough the heat off of him. So yeah, I think it's just going to be Thunder Rosa's another punching bag and it's going to bum me out, but I'm still going to have Man. fun with the fantasy booking thing. So that means if it's, if it's Sasha Banks, AJ Lee, or Thunder Rosa, I'm right. <laughs>
4: there are, there are no way she's winning the titles. Splinter Fox. You ain't taking that title off Kyrie like that.
3: Yeah, so Fox a says, plan. would it be wild that she beats Kari and travels around the world to find the NJPW women's title? Stardom may have pulled a truckload of money to drive her that way. If she's under contract with, she would have to not be under contract and have no plans right now for anything. Yes.
4: Unless. There is no unless, damn
3: it. Oh, he's saying that uh, could be Naomi. I could see Naomi doing that. Dad, Naomi I going see. to Japan, taking the title from Kari and traveling around no, reasserting herself.
4: No, he's talking about Naomi being Saraya's partner, probably.
3: Oh, he's saying Naomi's gonna be Saraya's partner? Oh, that could, it be. could be. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh he says he loves Sander Rosa, but doesn't think she's ring ready. I don't know if she's ring ready or not, dude. I don't understand contracts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um but i just have a feeling when we look at the time frame for when uh thunder rosa was going to be able to come back or not i feel like we're 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 dancing in that area so uh let's see the last event of AEW was the tag team title match acclaimed versus ftr um i caught like half of it or so it seemed fine um the acclaimed win and We just continue to push FTR off to the side like they don't mean anything. So I guess that's what we're doing.
4: It was a great match. And it was crazy, the ending, having Cash Wheeler get out-wrestled, which was very interesting to lose. But it was like, basically, we were just talking about this before we hopped on with you. This whole thing just felt like kind of nothing really that important because all it led to was the announcement of the ROH tag titles in the double dog collar. And that was really about
3: it. Like, yeah, that could have been announced anywhere.
4: Yeah.
3: It was just all like, Hey, watch, watch this team lose. And then now they're going to defend on on these other titles against a different team that has beat them before too. Like it just (sighs) makes them look like losers. Hey, Hey, these, these guys have just lost. They're going to go defend a title, which clearly doesn't mean anything because they're not good enough to have our title. You know what
4: I mean? The ass, boys, the ass boys doing it, too, was the fucking stupidest thing. But I get why they did it. It's just like, it was just dumb.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Let's see. Spin Fox says, I'm down for part two of FTR and the Briscoe Brothers, but back to back to back, really. I think it's part three, isn't it? It's
4: part three now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And the double dog collar thing? I'm not into that at all.
4: I don't know how the hell that's going to work. It's going to well, be a cluster.
3: Well, they're just going to have two opposing members on a chain. Are you saying they're all four going to be chained?
4: I don't know. Didn't I thought it was going to
3: be all like Dax in one of them and Cash in the other one. I don't know. I, would I assume that's it. how
1: it's done. But like, what if they like chain the four of them together? <laughs> yeah, just have a, a big square mess. chain.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a mess. You're going to have somebody accidentally get like fucking anaconded. That's yeah. just going to wrap around somebody. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's ring of honor, man. Anything can happen. It's like they say, anything can happen in their ROH. That's what they say. <laughs> what a maneuver, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I will say all in all, AEW had some more compelling stuff going on here. Cause there was a lot to think about. I feel like they definitely dropped the ball on the presentation of a number of things. Yes. Um a lot of people here I mean there was that similarity with NXT where you're seeing some people you go they just don't belong on TV right now they're not ready they're not good okay. enough and you're just seeing that and you're okay but I guess it's who you have it's so there is something cool about this upstart I know it's 3 years in but it's still upstart as fuck dude like how many times do we talk about people here uh even tonight and said you know what but in 5 years it's going to be something special well I think of five-year plans all the time. So for me, three years is still real, real young. So, uh, Fox says they house the black video though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did do that big video where, uh, Alistair black kind of introducing everybody again.
4: I thought I'm it was cool, so but I hope they do something freaking worthwhile with these guys. I really do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mostly that it seems like worthwhile. they're
4: targeting, the elite, which is pretty interesting. Like if they're going to be the ones to face the elite and beat the elite, I am all for them. Yes. Beating the week.
3: That'd be great. So Fox thinks they need to bring Darby into the stable. But yeah, that's all good. Did you guys also hear about the news about Miro?
1: Yeah. how he's completely clear and yeah. they just
4: don't have creative for him. Doesn't surprise me there.
3: Yeah. It turns times, out he I've hasn't been filming anything. anything. He hasn't been injured at all. He's been sitting there in the back ready to do stuff. And they just said, we don't know what to do with you.
4: I feel like we've heard that story multiple times with Miro now
3: by now it's the funny thing about that i mean (laughs) i wish i didn't find it so funny because what the reason he went there and everyone's like oh this is where all the talent's gonna go who were never utilized correctly when creative just didn't have something for them and how (laughs) stupid can you be to not know what to do with somebody like a miro and fucking with immediately like we don't know what to do with someone like Miro, like (laughs) fuck
1: it's like sean spears all over again I'm going to go to AEW because I wasn't used in WWE. Shows up in AEW. It just does absolutely
4: nothing.
3: Yeah, nothing. It's just...
4: I'm not going to lie, though. That promo he cut that one time was actually great. What promo? <laughs> what? They didn't show it because it happened after the show, but they put oh. the video up on it, and I thought it was well, actually Well, then it didn't the... happen.
3: didn't really happen. It's not on TV, didn't happen. after the show, it didn't happen. It was probably one of the
4: better Sean Spears promos you'll ever hear.
1: Remember when he came back a couple months ago and then just disappeared again? Yeah. He, he only me. came back because they were in Canada?
3: Yeah, yeah, and I called Basically. that too. Everyone said, oh my god, he's back. And I was like, they're in Canada, he won't be back next week. And yeah, he was gone. <laughs> Basically. He hasn't
1: been back since. Basically.
3: <laughs> so, fucking, he deserves it though. He's a shitbag. Let's see. Um... Spinfox Fox says Miro's getting paid, though. He said he re-signed just to chill and get paid. and That's what he was I doing
1: guess. in
3: WWE, though. That's what he was doing there. And that's what he complained about there, too, right? So yeah. Fox says maybe he's waiting for his child to be born. Oh, he's talking about Sean Spears? I don't give a shit about his kid. Yeah, that's, that's probably still a little stupid little asshole kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh let's see and then uh blueboard says uh prayers to Barry Wyndham. Yeah, he had a fucking heart attack in an airport. God. And then uh, God. on his way to go do a, a some sort of meet and greet appearance thing, had a heart heart attack and ended up in the hospital. So there's a GoFundMe on there if you want to go find the GoFundMe. You can search Barry Windham in the GoFundMe. Um that's uh, apparently it was a pretty bad heart attack. So he's in uh, poor shape. So Thoughts and prayers to him. Tears and beers and drinks. Cheers to you, kind of a deal. But uh, anything else? Anything else you guys wanted to, uh, to touch on here?
4: Uh, Not really. All I, have, I think I really have to say is just like, we got two shows coming up on Saturday, and it's just like, I feel like I'm just not even enthused to really watch either one of them. Just not I think there. Have,
3: I think we have more. Let's see. So Saturday we have Ring of Honor Final Battle and NXT Deadline. What days are the Mission Pro's? It's on the same day, Saturday. Also, a Mission Pro show is happening too. Jesus. So, if you're a big fan of of all wrestling, like everyone on the IW says, you have to be where they go, Oh, you either like all wrestling or you hate wrestling, you better watch all those three shows, assholes. <laughs> no, <not everyone. laughs> but, uh, but yeah, dude, Mission Pro supposed to be good. We got some friends you're going to be down there. Uh, so yeah. That's the mission, bro. Yeah, shout outs to them. So, um, I think uh, I think I'm good for last car. You guys ready for it? Yeah, okay. I don't really got nothing else. Big shout out to Ricky Starks, showing that he puts the star Oops. in Starks. Yes, and the yes in Starks. They like said, just make
4: that guy look like a fucking star <laughs> next week.
3: I'm really worried about what they're gonna do with him because I think he's I think he's proven without a shadow of a doubt that he is not taken as seriously as he deserves to be. So uh, we'll just see how Tony Khan sweeps him under the rug. Like he does all the Mm -hmm. other people. So we'll find out. So, all right, guys, uh, that's it for us tonight. We're going to be back here next week for a brand new episode one, right here in the die bar of the IWC guys. That's last call. Cheers.
0: Hey, Producer Lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I will never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.